Come on, guys. Let's do jazz hands. Let's do jazz hands. Come on. It's Friday. We got to do something to cheer up. Welcome back. We are live. This is episode 193 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. I hope you got your big girl panties on. It's Friday and uh, there's a lot of things going on in the news. Of course, you know, there's there's the the huge thing looming out there in the news right now that I'm sure everyone wants to talk about or maybe not talk about. And uh, I, I'm talking about the royal wedding. I personally don't want to talk about it. <laughs> So other than that, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive because it seems like every couple of days we have some craziness coming out. And obviously we've got another uh, school shooting situation going on here. Um, and there's so many things, so many things involved with that that we're going to have a discussion about. I think like gun free zones have to stop the, the, the whole nonsense the crazy idea in America that gun-free zones are going to do something is so stupid. If you're going to stop something, stop that crap. Um, obviously, we don't know all the details of what's coming out, what's happened here in Texas. We will talk about it a little bit or as much as we can with what information we have. But on top of that, we also have uh, Harrison. Okay, Harry's holsters. There he goes. Harry's Hi, holsters. Guys. What's up, man? Always, you're always here supporting the situation, hanging out with us here. So, and uh, of course, you make holsters because unless you're just calling yourself Harry's holsters for no reason. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, we will talk about some holsters. And then joining us as well, we've got this gentleman, Clover, Christopher Peace. Dover. Clover's what up. What's up, man? Um, Not a lot, man. Angel. Not a lot. You are some, in Texas. Uh, you're some, in Texas. So, some important news. Other than that, not a lot. Okay, you're our man on the ground in Texas. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably not the best, but it, yeah, uh, it'll have it'll have to work. Yes, absolutely. And so, and let me shout out everyone who's uh, here in the chat with us. I'm just going to go through that real quick and uh, shout out the folks here before we get deep into this conversation. Of course, Carl Compton. He was like number one. Uh, he's got this on lockdown. I don't know what. <laughs> What is going on? 33 Bravo is also in there. William Hoffman. He says he's second. He's uh, 33 Bravo is number one. Who's not Carl Compton. So we're going to have to just give out that award every day now. <laughs> and uh, let's see who else is here. We've got uh, SoCal Gunner is in with us. Richard Harper. He says he's first in Indiana. We've got hamburger helper. Uh, Pyro know-it-all says first in Ohio. Okay, there you go. Uh, HNRE42 says Yanni or Laurel. I've seen that. That's some kind of a meme. Does either one of you guys know what the hell that means? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're going to have to explain that to us or we're going to have to look that up and find out. Someone look it up and tell me because I have no clue what it means, what it's all about. But he's at uh, HNRE, Henry42. He is uh, posing that question. So there you go. Uh, Clint Sanders says Yanni. I don't know. Pyro Know-It-All says definitely Yanni. Richard Harper says Laurel. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess, is this the is this like when people say these words, you hear something else? I don't know what is going on. Uh, he says that I hear Yanni, my wife hears Laurel. So I guess this is it's like one of those color things. Yeah, it's some type of an audio clip, apparently, you listen to and you hear one thing or the other. 
Hmm. So yeah, kind of like the whole color thing. It's interesting. Oh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> Michael Bender is also with us. He says, good Friday evening to all the stranger holics out there. Uh, Carl Compton says, Laurel, uh, hamburger helper. I agree with hamburger helper. He says, I don't want to hear either. <laughs> so there you go. Boss hog is in here as well. Shout out to boss hog. Um, the Archangel is also in. He says, TGIF, I hope everyone has their big girl panties on tonight because this is going to be a great show with a great guest. Hit the thumbs ups. And I definitely encourage everyone here to hit the thumbs ups. As, as a matter of fact, we should also hit the thumbs ups. Let's make sure we do that, that before I forget. Go. That would probably help. Yeah, yeah. we got to bleed our own blood. Uh, every time I watch a show, I always see somebody waits till like two hours in to hit the yeah. thumbs up who's on the chat. So I figured I better do it now. Well, because some people just want me to beg for it, you know. I mean, it, it's I get it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, you got to work for their thumbs up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, let's see. We got like 65 thumbs ups right now. Uh, we've got about 100 people watching. So I'm pretty sure we can get to 100 really quick. Everyone hit the thumbs ups. Everyone share this comment. We've all shared it out on different social medias. So you guys need to jump on board. Get on board. What's Speaking that? of working with it, I want to, or working for it, I want to know if anybody's heard anything about Harry's bachelor party. I could care less about the wedding, but I would have liked to have known what went on at his bachelor party. Uh, uh, I definitely didn't hear anything. It's England. These are boring people. Yeah, they're but not, you're not sexy the or exciting, Vegas, right? Huh? You've heard some of the stories about him in Vegas, right? Oh, okay. So did he go to Vegas for his bachelor? Go, you know? I've heard about stories about him in Vegas like three, four, or five years ago. Oh. I didn't hear a thing about the bachelor party, but I'm just saying from everything I've heard, the guy's crazy, knows how to have a good time. So. Oh, well, maybe he got it all out of his system. <laughs> <laughs> he may have. Yeah, maybe he got it. I hope. I hope, you know. Um, good question, though. Good question. E-Rock is here as well. Um, shout out to E-Rock. Let's see who else we got. Enrique Q, Magnum Boys. I see uh, Greg 98K, Robert McRae Bricks, Matt Morse, Chris Bullis, uh, Strange Media Moderator Gerald Loafers also in here. Uh, um, who else? Let's see. Let's see who else is in here. Joseph Anthony and Bill Butcher. I'm trying to go through MW Tactical says what's good people. Shout out to MW Tactical. We Run Guns says he's going to be tuned in today for sure. Uh, and apparently this 17 year old in Texas used his dad's revolver and shotgun, hit it under a coat in 90 degree weather. <laughs> yeah, that might be a, a sign. I'm not sure what kind of uh, school resource officer they had here. I saw a report somewhere that one of the school resource officers was wounded. Why the kid is still alive, I have no freaking idea. That's amazing. Uh, that's, he's, what the hell is that about? <laughs> you know, if there were officers there and they were shooting at him, why is he still alive? And why is one of them wounded? <laughs> you know, but whatever. All of that's going to get sorted out. We don't know all the details of this thing. We will try to comb through and talk about some of that stuff. Richard Maunder is also here from England. He says, hello, everyone. Shout out to Richard Maunder. If you don't know who he is, that's he's a, a British dude who believes in guns. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, a good dude. Good dude. I've actually met him in person, talked to him several times. Richard Hughes is here as well. Caviar Hound. 
also in, let's see, I'm going to scroll to LB Louis Cipher is in here as well. Ridge Runner. And let me see who else. CB, Andrew Thomas. I edit my sub, uh, my sub MOA. Peter Machuco is here as well. Patrick Barker, Watchdog, The Tyven Show. The Tyven Show is hanging around out there. Shout out to The Tyven Show. Ghost Tactical as well. Let me see. Let me see. Robert Norton. And tacos and French fries, who started like, you know, started off a really uh, deep conversation about tacos yesterday. Shout out to him. Psycho 316. If I missed anyone, I apologize. I see uh, Brian Nessie as well. Uh, is it Nessel? Nessel? I don't know. Stefano Dog, uh, Tardot 357. Uh, shout out to everyone. If I miss someone, let me know. Um, CW Hunter says nice guest tonight. And I see 904 as well. Yorktown, USA says, what's up? Shout out to everyone. Please, guys, hit the thumbs ups. Let's get that going. And um, now you guys, earlier on, I believe, was it this week or was it last week, Clover? I can't remember when you were, because this is a blur. A week ago, a week ago today. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. So we already, we already heard your backstory a little bit. So we should know you really deeply and intimately at this point. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to turn to Harrison and we're going to find out like, who are you, man? You know, obviously your, your, your name is Harry's holsters for everyone out there who's watching. Go to is he the uh, dude that makes the razors too. the hair. I'm just what I'm curious about. He, no, but I'm always afraid all? they're going to come after me for some sort of a uh, trademark disagreement. Uh Oh, uh Oh yeah. Uh, so why, why, wait, I'm missing something there. You know, like Harry's razors that you see the, Oh, all over the place, Harry's holsters. Oh, Harry's razors. Yeah. Okay, okay. See, I don't have the opportunity to shave that much. <laughs> so I don't know about such things. That's what it is. So tell us who you are, man, and how you wound up making holsters and all that kind of stuff. And while you're doing that, I want to encourage everyone to go to Harry's holsters. You are on Instagram, right? Yep. Okay, you're on Facebook. Barely. <laughs> okay, and you're on Twitter as well? Yes. Okay, so go to those. Are you Harry's holsters on all those places? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, awesome, guys. So go there and follow Harry's Holsters while he tells us all about himself. Okay, so I'm Harrison Jones. I'm the owner of Harry's Holsters. I'm 23 years old. I worked in real estate for a while, and while I was doing that, I was right around the time I turned 21 and went to get my concealed carry permit. It's very hard to carry as a slimmer guy in a well-cut suit. Couldn't find a holster that could do it, so I started making holsters, and the rest is history. Okay, cool. You know what? I thought you were going to be an older dude. I'm just saying. Everybody, when I was selling real estate, a lot of people thought I was almost 30. So I, was, <laughs> I wasn't even 21 yet. So. Oh, okay. How old are you now? 23. Holy moly. You're, you're actually younger than wow. I thought. I thought you were like 30. Wow. Yeah. But, but coming, because I've never seen a picture of you before. So coming onto the show, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a 70-year-old dude. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody kind of assumes I'm a little older than I am, but I'll take it. Uh, yeah, there's listen, there's and with a, and with a name I, like Harry, you know what I mean? That's exactly. an old name anyway. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. A whole lot catchier than Harrison, though, and <laughs> didn't really want to use my name, and that was just a good name. I talked with a bunch of friends about it, and they kind of also was a decent name, so that's what I went with. Yeah, I would just lie and tell everyone, listen, I am 70 years old. <laughs> This is just um, good living. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> my mom had this uh, hairdresser that used to tell her, you always tell people that you're 10 years older than you really are. That way they all think you look great. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to go. So, um, you know what? I don't know if anyone has questions for you or whatever. I think we should hold that for a little while and probably like hit up exactly what's going on right now and uh, talk about all this stuff in the news. So um, I don't know if any of you guys want to take it on this. You know what? I'll jump in and I'll pull up something here that we have. Let me see. What do I what do we have here? We got so there's several news things that I see. Um I was talking about it earlier. Police chief uh, officer wounded in shootout with Santa Fe um, High School murderer. Um, so this is on the truth about guns. It says as often as so often the case in these situations, information trickles out and much that is initially reported is later contradicted. But this morning shooting Santa Fe High School in Texas is looking more and more like a Columbine copycat effort, including a possible second person involved. The, which I heard about that too, the use of explosives or improvised explosive devices. I think Clover, you had some stuff on that. And even the black trench coat, the shooter is reported to have worn. It wasn't a trench coat. It was a duster. It was a duster. Okay, there you go. So um, there's all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's common at this time of the year in Texas. That is absolutely. It was. It's in the 90s. We've had record-breaking heat for this day of the year. The last, oh, I don't know, three days in a row. That's not. Yeah, it's not common for this time of year. However, that said, it was pretty common for this kid. So there oh. wasn't really any any alarm. I mean, he wore that duster all the time anyway. So yeah, and some kids are like that. They just like to, no matter what. Like uh, my younger son, no matter what, he wears hoodies and stuff like that. Oh, my oldest does that. He'll be a hundred degrees and she'll wear yeah. a freaking hoodie. Yeah. Annoys yeah. the crap out of me. But well, yeah, at least that, she's a girl because my son is pretty damn stinky. Those hoodies don't help anything. I can <laughs> Girls tell you can that, get but... stinky too. I'm, I'm well, oh, okay. Well, it can happen. It can happen. <laughs> uh, do they smell like goats? Because no, um, let me not even. I don't know. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble for going into that. It's a lot of hormones <laughs> going through that kid, and he likes. Yeah, so there's kids out there that like to dress like that. You know, some kids are into goth, right? All that kind right. of stuff. So, so it goes on to say here. Uh, it isn't clear who or how the shooter was stopped, but at least one police officer apparently engaged the shooter and was wounded. So that's yeah, that was, just was, one was, thing. Uh, so it was this, an exchange of fire there. Yeah. So this Best kid was know. definitely one of the more eccentric kids in the school, it sounded like. Yeah, it sounds like that. I don't know if he was giving any kind of warning signs or what was going on there. I'm sh- you know. Yeah, there was there was some text and some social media stuff about him wanting to commit suicide. Um you know, he had he had some type of fascination with you know, like the, the duster we talk about, for example, it had some symbols and writing on there, um, you know, communist stuff. I don't want to say Nazi, but I mean, there was a silver cross on there. Um, what appears to be the, the only reports I could get were written. There's not really any good photos of that of that duster. Mm-hmm. And um, it talks about, you know, political and religious symbols is what it's talking about. So I'm not real sure. It looks like maybe either a pentagram or maybe a star of David or something. And, and, uh, yeah, there's some, some weird writing on there and some other things. It, it sounded like the kid was, was a little on the messed up side, you know, one yeah. of those kids trying to find himself maybe or something. Right. And, and apparently, you know, he used his, uh, some weapons from his parents or something like that. I'm guessing. Yeah, 38, uh, uh, 38 revolver and a uh, pump 12 gauge is what we're getting, you know, now. Seems to be yeah. a consistent story. Right. 
And the truth about guns in a separate article says uh, Santa Fe shooter identified used shotgun revolver to murder 10 wound 10 more. Um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on here. And that's what I'm alluding to in the title of this, you know, uh, gun free zones. We need, we need to stop them. But there's we need to we need to do something. I think we need to realize that schools are really soft targets. And we have to do something more about it than whatever it is that we're doing. Cool. And I don't think we're going to solve it by going, hey, let's ban guns. I mean, I there's nothing. For example, what happened here, the rules that that we erroneously put into effect here in Florida that really are unconstitutional and need to come down. None of that would have stopped this kid. I'll say this. When I was 16 years old, I used to throw my AR-15 that I saved up and bought myself you know my dad did it and it was his till i was 18 years old according mm -hmm. to state laws i just threw that in my glock in the back of my truck with ammo and drive over to my buddy's house at 16 years old and shoot we all had pretty much open access to guns with our parents permission and there were never any issues so this is there's a parental breakdown somewhere of parents not doing their job my buddy he had access to whatever guns he wanted i mean his dad had a very extensive collection and we were all super responsible with it. So, yeah, I mean, cl clearly, look, there's a lot of guns in the country. It's not I don't think it's an issue of that, because yeah. if that was really the case, if access was the issue, I mean, none of us would be more. alive right now. Yeah. 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 The, well, so. you know, the the speculation from the indication that we're talking about a revolver and a shotgun here was that, you know, maybe dad or the parents, you know, were not really big, you know, farm enthusiast i mean maybe they were you know i don't like i don't like throwing around the word fud but i mean you know shotgun okay i mean where they live that could be duck hunting or you know geese or something like that and then a revolver in that stand for you know self-protection maybe that's the only two firearms they owned at this point we don't know but yeah or it's just kind of thing firearms that got handed down they were you know granddad or great granddad's working guns and they got handed down jim and they just happened to have them yeah, well, yeah, they may, well, they said here in Texas, I mean, we don't have, you know, the registration. I mean, private sale, all that's fine. So, you know, they would have likely just been handed down. Um, an indication is that they were bought by the fight at this point. The, and like I said, the indication, I'm not saying that's that is fact. But with the stories I've read was that the father did buy them. Yeah. Um, so John Dieter has this comment. He says he wanted to cover all the weapons that the antis haven't been able to come up with a reason to ban yet until now, you know, um, and, and the, the, <laughs> the thing about this is I think that when someone is broken in society, regardless of what age they are, if they're younger, older, if they're broken and they decide they want to commit an act of destruction against other human beings, they're going to find whatever is available. It really doesn't it doesn't really matter whether it's guns, a vehicle, this thing or that thing. He had, you know, if he had Molotov cocktails or whatever else that he had, whatever he was planning to do, if he had someone helping him. When people want to do this kind of stuff, they can human beings can be really destructive. We already have a lot of things in society that are easy enough to get to. And there's lots of things. If they really put their mind to it, there's lots of horrible things that they could do or ways that they could find to get their hands on stuff. Unfortunately. Yeah. What we have to do is stop trying to fix that problem, you know, and and start to realize that schools are a soft target for lots of people, you know, and really right now we're just being fortunate 
it's unfortunate that this stuff is happening. I mean, obviously, if you're a family member, if you're related to someone, if you were there in the school, if you had to go through all of this stuff, it's horrible. But people don't realize that we're actually pretty fortunate that terrorists and stuff like that haven't started doing this to us yet because we're leaving ourselves wide open to this kind of crap. Yeah. Until uh, this sounds kind of weird, but did you guys, when you were in school, did you guys have like that teacher with like the mole on her face? who was like 60 years old, never been married, never had a boyfriend. Yeah. I think they circulate that same teacher. Yes. Okay. So we all had her. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds horrible to say, but once a teacher like that pulls her gun out and takes care of the threat, we are not going to see. There's this huge psychological effect I think it have on the people committing these crimes. It's like a video game in their mind, and they don't want to. They don't want to be taken out by an average person like that. Who we all know the story. It's one thing to get taken out by the cops. There's almost like some sort of form of honor in that. Mm-hmm. But getting taken out by a person like I described, there's no, and there's screwed up system honor with that. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we've we've also we've had some other incidents this week. Right. Or over the last couple of days, couple of weeks. To be honest with you, since the thing happened in Florida, we've had other things going on and they've turned out a little bit differently. You know, we've had situations where school resource officers were able to engage the kids and stop them. I'm not sure what happened here in Texas. I don't know why the resource officer was wounded, but this kid is still alive. I think the kid was wounded. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Right. He, I've was. Seen, yeah, he was wounded. Right. I, I don't know why he's still alive. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening with like, you know, how are we selecting people to be resource officers in schools? Are we, are we, um, you know, are we applying enough resource officers to schools? I don't have any idea of what's going on there, but we should stop really thinking about making new laws and going in, oh, we got to create this law or that law or get rid of this thing or make this thing not accessible and get to the point of these are soft targets. People are going to go after these places and we have to do something about protecting them. We are way past that. I think the one thing you got to take into account, like the school resource officer, it takes a special sort of person. And I mean that only with the utmost respect to take out somebody that age, to know that they could end their life. So, and I really don't think we have enough people in this country that are mentally able to do that. You know, a lot of guys that make great cops, you know, great military guys, they don't have what it takes to do that. And that's not a, that's not putting them down at all. It's just, that's takes a very certain person who can live with themselves after doing that. So I really think having teachers, having parents, and I'm probably going to be the one people are going to call crazy, but if you're 18 years old and you can get a valid consult carry permit in your state. I know it's 21 in most, but in some states it is 18. Let students carry in a school. I know I'd have gotten in a lot less trouble if I was carrying a gun when I was in high school. Then I stay out of more trouble armed than I ever mm-hmm. did without. I think there's well, lots of, I think there's lots of solutions to this, but like it starts from people saying that th- there has to be a psychological thing in the mind that says that schools are soft targets 
for lots of people, for for students who oh. go to the school that that are mad about something or being bullied or whatever. I don't think there's any reason to if if you're miserable to put your misery on other people. But for whatever reasons, these things come from inside the school, outside the school, from other people around the school, you know. And there's lots of people looking at this, and it seems to me like we're just going to sit back in America and wait until people who really hate us go. Hold on a second. Yeah, I think we could totally we could totally mess up America by going after a bunch of schools in the same day. Yeah, and and you know, since I guess Columbine probably put it all on the map for the most part, right? And you would think that since Columbine, um, there would be more talk about about security, and instead, what we get is we get more rhetoric about how we don't need, you know dangerous things, firearms, whatever it might be in schools. And not only do we get that rhetoric, but we put signs up saying such. So yeah. we're advertising that those places are, you know, are gun-free zones as well. well let's so look at for that. what, for what, two decades now? I mean, you're talking about, you know, a generation for two decades now, mm-hmm. people know they're born knowing that schools are soft targets. Well, mm-hmm. let's take that out of the equation. You look at this, even though it's a freaking tragic thing, this is not a very common occurrence. I know it seems common with the media cycle, but how many people die of uh, long guns, just period? That's not school shootings, just long guns, period. What, is it either sub 400 or sub 200? I can't remember the exact number. It's the uh, a little around, around 400. It's around 400. If you're talking yearly average. Yeah. Still, it's not that many people, but this is the thing people always want to focus on. They don't want to focus on the everyday gun crime related to drugs and that sort of Incident. Well, and you're you're talking about you're talking about a literal lightning strike situation when you're yep. talking about a school, and that, that doesn't mean we don't have the conversation. That doesn't mean we don't discuss it and toss around ideas because that's where growth and, and innovation come from. So we've we've got to do that. But you know, when you look at it realistically, um, if you take farm related deaths, we all know that two thirds of those are are suicide. So yeah. set those aside. So you're dealing with a third, and then out of those, out of those third. Um, you know, you're looking at like one percent that happens within a school zone, and then that's not mass shootings. That can be gang activity or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we run gun says CNN said it's the 22nd mass shooting this year. Where do they get these numbers? <laughs> um, you know, and, and here's the thing that I think I don't know. Some people may not like this, but. I think that we're our perspective that we have on these issues. There's there's things that that all of us are refusing to look at. One of them, I'll tell you, the whole entire way that we run schools in America to me is bullshit. Agreed. Okay, and it's creating this problem where literally what we have in America is what is tantamount to a prison, but there's no freaking guards. That's what we have. We have like, for the most part, a really, you know, I'm not saying that there's not some schools that are nice or there aren't good things that happen in a school, but there's a lot of bad shit going on in schools. We're putting a lot of people in the schools. We're dealing with a lot of crap. You've got, you know, lots of bad people who are in there, students, teachers, everything, you name it. It's a lot like a prison to me. It's been like that for some time. And it's just 
uh, it's just like a breeding zone for stuff like this to happen. And we're not looking at it at all. And there's a bunch of things that we could do about it. First of all, we have to change the way that a lot of this stuff is, you know, not just dealing with the teachers, but dealing with schools, how it's run, what time people go to school, you know, how many people are going to a school, what we're using, like we're in 2018 for crying the hell out loud. You know, I graduated from high school freaking 30 years ago. My my uh, youngest son is graduating from high school two weeks from now or a week or something like that from now. You know, and it's the same when I went to high school in New York City uh, back in the in the 80s. It, it was the same. There was a, there was a lot of bullshit. School was messed up then and it's only gotten worse. There's only more kids in there, more problems there, you know, and no one's no one's dealing with any of it. And then when something blows up and goes wrong and goes bad, we're like, yeah, you know what we need to do? We need to ban the guns or we need to make yeah. this a gun free zone. That's going to solve everything. Well, right. can I can I throw a can I throw an interesting thing into this conversation for a sure. second? Sure, and, and I don't I don't hear people talking about it. And I find it fascinating, so it's it's nice when we can have the conversation about it. And that's, you know, you look at you look at school shootings, school shootings, school shootings. You don't ever see them in like tore up, drug ridden inner cities. It just doesn't. Do they well, happen there and don't get reported? Yes. Or is there some other dynamic well, going on? When you that? say they're happening there and they don't get reported, they're, when you say mass shooting, it's more or less probably gang-related violence that it's mm-hmm. people relate, directly related to that and bystanders that are hurt, not somebody coming in and wanting to mow down everybody in the school, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think in bad neighborhoods, you'll have lots of different things happening with the gangs and stuff like that. I don't know how much the gangs or even like gang members are even going to school. I'm sure that they are trying to feed on the schools in terms of make the other kids in schools addicts, you know, or pressure them into things. So I'm sure some of that stuff happens. It happens outside the schools. The kind of the way that we report these things is weird. You know, there's so much craziness going on here. And we and yet, like the thing that I was saying is we refuse to take a look at all of it and restructure the way that we that we do all of it, you know. And so I saw this. I'm telling you, I saw this in the 80s when I was a kid and I know that it's worse now. And I remember in New York, for example, I'm saying that because that's where I went to school. But I think that schools a lot the same around the country now. Maybe back then it wasn't so much, but. You, so if I lived in Far Rockaway, which was in Queens, if you had a kid in the Bronx that was a horrible kid and was always beating up people and stabbing people in school or whatever, he might get arrested. He might spend some time somewhere and then they would then they would they wouldn't want him back in that school and they'll move him down like, OK, let's send him to school in Manhattan. And then when he kicked someone's ass over there and did something like, oh, let's move him down to Brooklyn. And then when when like when this kid became like a super felon. <laughs> Then they would say, oh, let's send him down to Far Rockaway. Let's send him down there. And then those kids would come down there and just do more shit. Right. And then those schools didn't want to get on the they didn't want to get on the rosters or be the bad schools and they wouldn't report it. A lot of that is happening. You know, this kind of stuff is happening over and over again. And when you compound that with teachers are abusing kids, teachers are doing bad things in the schools. um, There's all kinds of stuff going on here. You know, there's just too many kids in the schools. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And and on top of it all, we're not trying to actually think to ourselves that this thing would just like no, nothing could happen. No one's going to go after this uh, kindergarten. No one's going to go after this middle school. No one's going to go after this high school. 
no big deal. Don't worry about colleges. It's happening to colleges. You know, Uh, my older son goes to FSU. There was a shooting at FSU. You know, the year before he started, he started uh, last year, but there was a there was a shooting sometime last year before he started going there. Right. Or I think a, a year and a half or something before that. It's happening everywhere. And none of us are like what, you know. Now, I'm going to take a different approach on this. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but what do you think? I think our school system needs to be designed to give kids more of a purpose. They're told they have to learn these certain subjects when the reality is most of them are never going to use those subjects. If they're learning properly, they're going to learn how to learn more or less by middle school. They're going to learn how to read. They're going to learn their basic algebra. They're going to know how to read and write and algebra. Why not let them from that point start choosing their own path more or less and finding subjects that they're interested in to pursue versus forcing them into these, you know, classes and these subjects they have no interest in. I mean, a lot of kids actually like to read. If you give them a book they want to read versus some boring old English, mm-hmm. you know, classic that nobody wants to read. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is what I, I talked earlier about this kid and him trying to find his, you know, find his way in life or whatever, you know, yeah. Open it up and give them options to try to you know better figure out who they are, what they enjoy, what they're good at. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they figure out they're good at art or something, then a lot of their time and energy can be focused, you know, channeled into that rather than sitting around, you know, thinking about how they're being bullied or they drew about bad lot in life with their family or financial situations or whatever the case may be. And maybe let's think more about, you know, counting class time towards uh, giving class hours for things like mentorships and internships Mm -hmm. at a younger age. If the kid can spend half the day at a local business learning a skill set, that kid might gain a mentor from that and he might become employed with a good job that he has a lot of skills. Like, frankly, I don't have my first employee yet, but I'm seriously considering hiring a kid right out of high school because I can train them to think like me, to do everything the way I want them to do it. And frankly, I'll pay them about what somebody coming out of college would make. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if I know they can do things up to my standard and they don't have $100,000 of debt coming out of college. I'm not, you know, college is a great course for some people, but let's let the education system be more open to different types of people. It's really only set up for that person who's going to go to a, for a four year degree. Yeah. And I think everybody I agree. else is left out. Yeah. I think I agree with you with that. I mean, most of us, when we have kids in America, unless we homeschool, you know, a lot of times school is either a place for socialization or cause it's, it's cheap babysitting. Yeah. You know, so you drop your kids off of there and we really should restructure that. And, and how many people are in the school at any one given time and what they're up to. There's lots of reasons why they don't need to be there. They could be doing other things and, and we could restructure this. Obviously, you have human beings that should not be with any other human beings or that are broken. And we should figure out something to do with these people. Even I've seen people talking about it in the chat that, yeah, there's kids that just get passed around. Everyone knows there's something wrong with this kid. No one wants to deal with it. Right. Or no one wants this going on their record for the school and all that. There's no one solution to this. There's no one solution. But yeah, part of it is some people shouldn't be mixing with other people. You know, some kids don't need to, you know, you can minimize a lot of stuff that's happening if kids aren't, if you just aren't crowding all these kids into one school. And if you're using the school in different ways, if you're protecting, if you're thinking about the fact that this school could be a target and protecting it, all of these things combined, it's still not going to stop everything, but it can minimize a lot of what's happening instead of like what Trump is talking about. Right. Trump is out there talking, saying right now, 
you know, what is it? Uh, Trump promises action after Santa Fe high school shooting. You know, what was his action? What action is he asking? Well, he says, uh, so this is from the truth about guns. He says, my administration is determined to do everything in our power to protect our students, secure our schools and do everything we can to keep weapons out of the hands of those who pose a threat to themselves and others. Trump said during an event at the White House, everyone must work together at every level of government to keep our children safe. Weapons are not a problem. People in prison find a way to make weapons every day. That is a completely secure environment, per se. Yeah. Let's work on solving things mentally. Let's work on giving these kids a purpose. Let's find out why that kid didn't feel like he was part of society. And I'm not saying, you know, all this anti-bullying stuff. You know what? I was bullied. I bullied kids and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And without that, you kind of learn. You got to get your feelings hurt at some point to be taught that you're not the complete you know, end all be all. That's another problem. People are so caught up in, I have to be this way. I have to, or I'm so perfect. My parents, my grandparents all say I'm perfect and it's bull crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think, listen, I, I agree with you. We all went through that. It's like a rite of passage. If you look at the movies that they used to make, which they don't make in America anymore about kids. Um, but if you look at it, like the Goonies and lots of different things, you know, everyone got bullied. You got bullied by your own like siblings. Yeah. <laughs> My sister's you know? four years younger than me. She still bullies me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone got it in lots of different ways in different places is what forms you, what makes you a man or a woman, makes you a human being that could go out there and deal with things. I think ultimately there are people who are, they're human beings who are broken and we could probably identify that at a very early stage of their life. And when we identify those people and we're sure that that's what's going on here with those people, People, we need to somehow separate them from the rest, rest of society. In the olden days, lots of, you know, I'm not saying that what they did was awesome, <laughs> but they took care of that person that they knew was a danger to the village yeah. or the well, tribe. I was talking to my grandmother the other day. She asked me how uh, the NRA show was. And I told her about downtown Dallas, about all the homeless people that were there. And she was going, you know, back in my day, there were no homeless people. And now I see them all over the place. And wasn't that because in the sixties, they, uh, I'm not advocating for this, but didn't somewhere around the sixties or seventies, they let a lot of people out of mental institutions. It was one slow over the cuckoo nest type stuff. Yeah, there's, there's no such thing as an old school asylum anymore. You know, yeah. uh, it's not PC to say somebody is crazy. Right. You know? Yeah. And then again, I mean, do we, do we really want it with, you know, agendas and ulterior motives of government. I mean, we got to look at it from that respect, too, because there's people out there that function perfectly fine in uh, society, but are very, very, you know, what is the word? Uh, eccentric or whatever. people. Yeah, eccentric or weird. And I think there's nothing wrong with being weird. I'm weird myself. Everybody's <laughs> weird, but me and you, and I'm not so sure about you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I, you know, and one of the things you have to look at back in the way that we treated like uh, psychiatric hospitals um, in the past, the things that they did. Right. We look at as like witch doctory right now. So if you look at the fact that they were doing shock therapy and they and, you know, they would put ice picks in people's brains and all, you know, all this kind of stuff, lobotomies. That's what we look at is that we think, wow, that's crazy. That's something insane. That's just like a voodoo that these people used to do. It's like, you know. 
uh, people somewhere in a foreign country doing voodoo. Well, guess what? In the future, when we look back at how schools function in America and what we let teachers do and teachers unions and this person, and that person, all the people in government, all the people to stand to make money from schools and having these kids go to school and eat like my kids, have, they went to they went to a school. They went to school here for like 10 10 years or something like that, 11 years, they don't eat the food in the school, period, but we still have to pay for it. You know, so all of these kinds of things that, that, that we're doing, we're going to look back on this in the future and go, wow, that was insane. How, how did, how did we actually do this, you know, to our children and why aren't they all killing us in our sleep <laughs> based on what we're doing? I think it's a lot of how we looked at psychiatry and everything in the past. And what we have to do is stop, evaluate, maybe say, yeah, that was crazy, but this is the way that we should do it and come up with new ways of dealing with people. Some people you can save, you can make their lives better. Some people you cannot save, but for the most part, most human beings, most children just want to live good lives and do things and go out there and be happy and have shit. Yeah. You know, but instead they're dealing with this kind of stuff. And when they deal with it, what happens, everyone in the media says, we could stop this if we take these things away from people and you can't. What? I think we've gotten away. I think we've gotten away. And I, and I say this as a, as a volunteer in a lot of things. I think that, and when I say we, I say, you know, it's society and, and people. I think we've gotten away. And probably because, you know, nowadays, you know, people want to live a better lifestyle. They have this, that, and the other. They have their multiple reasons and they're busy and they work two and three jobs and they're trying to make ends meet or whatever the case may be, right? But I think that. A lot of people, I've definitely seen a decline in volunteers across the board with various, various organizations, right? And, you know, I got to think why that, you know, why that is and the effects that that's had. And I'm not real sure that that's not part of what has led up to a lot of what we're dealing with now, because with people volunteering more of their time, they affect change on more of the youth. The youth grows up. They in turn turn around and volunteer and give back to the community. And you've got this cycle of really good civil, um, you know, people that are out there that are have compassion and, and willing to help the fellow man instead of, and eh, it's none of my business or I'm busy doing this today or I don't have time for that. Right. There's a lot of that in, in society. And, you know, I think we're I think we're seeing the results of that starting to come through the schools. Unfortunately, um, mm -hmm. we see a lot of kids that don't care about the other kids and a lot of picking and bullying and other things. So mm -hmm. I think there's I think there's a bigger picture here. And, and, you know, if you're out there and you volunteer your time, I mean, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm talking about people at large. But, you know, I think that 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 type of stuff, you used to see that a lot back in you know, several decades ago or whatever, and you just don't see it no more. And I think mm -hmm. it's, I think that plays a role. I really do. I well, agree with you on that. What, what about ahead. the media kids are watching now? Like this, even though I'm very young, I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show, Gunsmoke, Bonanza. That's the kind of stuff my parents let me watch. I didn't watch any of the cartoons that everybody else in my generation watched. So all that stuff had a very clear meaning, a very black and white side of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But are the kids even watching cartoons nowadays? I think that even the cartoons in the past were different, but I don't think kids are watching cartoons. I think they're watching worse shit than that. You know, they are, but a lot of the cartoons that they watch, I don't get. I don't understand. They're so, I don't know. They're just so 
yeah. stupid. They're pointless. Yeah. You know, I don't mind a cartoon that that uh, like Eric was talking about is you know educational in some way. You know, it doesn't have to be Sesame Street ABCs one two threes educational, but educational to you know this is a car and this is how it works and this is a plane and it's how it works and just that type of thing. Yeah. And now it's just random garbage entertainment. You know, yeah. it has no meaning or substance behind the, the programming. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you, but I think still one of the things that happens is that it's not affecting most of us. You know, the we maybe could blame it on the people who are broken, but they're broken anyway. And that's like anything that we say, like even I think we don't have enough adversity. You know, when I went to high school back in the 80s, I had to get a job, man. I had a job when I was 13 years old and my my family needed the money. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so I had a job and I contributed to things and I paid for stuff. And if I didn't go work, I didn't get anything other than like a, a roof over my head and, you know, food in my stomach. Cool. So but now a lot that's not happening anymore. And we don't have the adversity and the things that make us come together and realize we need to work together and work with each other. One thing I'll say I see I didn't see it as much with me, but I saw it drastically just difference in four years. Like a lot of my sister's friends, it's like their parents had this contest to between the parents to see like who could give their kids the most money to spend blowing, you know, having fun outside of school. It was like this contest of, it was a social status thing and mm -hmm. just a really kind of screwed up way. My parents were not like that at all. So I guess I was very fortunate on that, but it set me apart from that. And it, but my sister's class was really bad about it. I mean, these parents were just, I'm going to give my kid everything I can because I didn't have these things. And so the kids had, nothing to work for. These kids get 20, 30 bucks a day in spending money. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's a noble, that's a noble mentality. I mean, I completely get that, you know, as a parent, but then there's a, there's a flip side of that, that a lot of them don't think about, which is I am the way I am. I made it through life and I'm in my position because I did not have those things or I had to work for those things. Yeah, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. I think it makes us better when we have adversity. Unfortunately, we have adversity. So we work really hard. I, I, I forgot who was saying this. I was looking. I think it was like comedians in cars going to get coffee. And I think it was um, what's his name of the guy that that show uh, Seinfeld. And I think he was talking to like Kevin Hart or someone about it. And he said, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have anything. And so we worked really hard and we became comedians or we did this thing or that thing so that we, we could live good lives. And when we live good lives and then we have children and we, and we take care of them and they don't go through the stuff we went through, they're just as miserable as we were. Even though we have all this stuff that we could give to them, they're still asking themselves why they're miserable. And I think one of the one of the equations here is if you have adversity, if you go all the way back when that saber toothed tiger was trying to eat your ass. <laughs> You didn't have time to think about how miserable your life was and how horrible it was that you didn't have this thing or that thing. You just like, hey, I'm alive today. I'm going to keep moving, <laughs> you know. And so we're we're losing that, uh, I think, as a society on hold. Uh, but how, how many like th there's a few out there, but how many great artists, great creators do you see out there that didn't have adversity in their lives that, you know, they were just born to. There are a few, but, you know, they were born to parents who were in the business or whatnot. There's not many of those. Most of them are like Kevin Hart. They're like, uh, I guess Jerry Seinfeld had to work his way up really hard. I mean, most of these guys struggle to get where they're at, and that's what everybody just thinks it's easy. Everybody thinks you just, you just show up one day and 
Yeah, you're funny. You go viral. That's what that's what a lot of people think. You just go viral and then, you know, then you're rich and famous for the rest of your life. You're in house wives of Atlanta or whatever. And a lot of that is the is the unrealistic perpetuation. And I get the sentiment behind this statement, but the unrealistic perpetuation of the statement that, oh, honey, you can do anything. No, you no, you can't. Yeah. You know, there's people that will never be good enough, no matter how much they practice, no matter how much they try to play basketball in the NBA. It ain't happening. I, you know, I'm you can't do anything you want to do. It's not going to no, happen. No. And we're all no. built. I think we're all like built as children. We're hardwired and programmed and we have abilities. We're not. I think w- what you're saying, and I agree with it, we're not all equal. We yeah. should be equal in the eyes of the law. We should be treated equally, but we're not. But all we equal. all have. We all have exceptional strengths, though. There's mm-hmm. things you can do far better than I. There's things I can do far better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're equal in our capacity to do great things. It's just not the same things we're able. You know, we're not able to do the exact same things. Is all yes. that it is. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. By the way, you know, don't forget to hit the thumbs ups, guys. I think we've got like close to 200 guys people watching. And we appreciate you guys watching. Don't forget to hit the thumbs ups. You know what? Let's let's uh, let's switch a little bit here. You know, um, well, this is a little bit. I'm going to switch a little bit and then we'll we'll move on to other stuff like this is not a big thing. Now, also in the news today was the fact and this is going to get buried deep in the news. We were talking about this. Right. But there was a shooting at one of Trump's uh, hotels in Miami. Right. Um, this is where is this? The New York Times gunman at Trump Doral Golf Club in Florida is shot by the police. You know, an, uh, an armed man ranting against President Trump opened fire on police officers early Friday at the Trump National Doral Miami Golf Club in South Florida before he was wounded and apprehended. Authorities said the police didn't immediately describe a motive for the attack at the resort. They said the man tried to ambush officers and yelled anti-Trump rhetoric. We don't know what his intentions were, long-term intentions, but we know that he was tr- uh, what he was trying to do at the time, and it appears that he was trying to engage our police officers, some kind of ambush-type attack, trying to lure our police officers, said Juan J. Perez, uh, the director of the Miami-Dade Police Department. So I'm going to kind of use that to transition a little bit. What do you guys think about that? Is that going to get buried? It's, it's, it's already not news. You get first. Yeah, Clover. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get buried. I mean, you got some anti-Trump loony tune. I don't know the point he was trying to make or what was going on, but you know, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't fit a narrative. And if he was yelling anti-Trump rhetoric, that certainly doesn't fit the narrative. And yeah, it, it'll be a it'll be a non-issue. Nobody will be talking about it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, nobody's um, really talking about it today. So if nobody, well, that's about the it thing. Today. Yeah, I don't think people want to talk about it for lots of different reasons. Wow. Um, the incident began after the suspect took a flag down from a flagpole and began shooting in the lobby of the hotel. He began to yell out anti-Trump, uh, President Trump rhetoric. Uh, he began to fire into the roof and the chandeliers of the hotel. He waited for the police officers in the front lobby to engage them, <laughs> which yeah. sounds like a stupid strategy. Yeah, I, don't know I think why that's, this is a strategy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that's why you know it kind of makes you wonder. I mean, we get a lot of uh, you know suicide by law enforcement or whatever, and it, it, I don't know. Maybe he's not even an anti-Trump guy. Maybe he just knew that that would draw people in, shooting up and acting crazy. And you know, his end game was, you know, I don't know, suicide by law enforcement. Who knows at this point? Yeah, the, yeah. 
There's just not enough information on it, unfortunately. It'll be gone before any new information comes out unless somebody's really going to dig. Yeah. And people will probably cover it up. All right. So, you know what? Let's uh, move on from that. How about we talk about some guns, some holsters? We got Harry's holsters here, you know, or at least Harry, Harry Jr. (laughs) Harry Jr. is here. No. (laughs) Okay. So, Harrison, come on, man. What? uh, Let's talk about holsters. Let's talk about guns. It's Friday. Well, this is something new that I picked up about a week ago. I see you've got a TSO orange in the background. Oh, okay. CZ. Yeah, this is a shadow too. All right. Where where is where is uh I'm looking for my hair he goes. <laughs> it's it's uh it's disguised. It's disguised. There you go. Is that a forty or a nine? Uh this is I think this is a I think this is a nine. Let me hold on, let me see. I don't know. I've never actually shot this thing. I think it's a forty actually. I think most of these yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Someone can shoot uh, probably major in USPSA. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually shooting my first USPSA match next uh, weekend, so I'm really excited about that. I've never done anything like that, never thought I'd do competition, and now I'm really excited for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It can be fun. A lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. So what kind of guns, I'm sure people want to know this, like what kind of, do you have a limitation on the guns that you make holsters for? Yes, the mold, what I do different than a lot of guys out there, there's a lot of guys making holsters the same way as I am, but there's, most guys are still doing foam pressed. I do uh, precision vacuum forming and everything I make is on CNC machine molds that I machine in house and then they're cut out also with a CNC router. So there's a lot of cost into the, uh, tooling for the holsters so i only have a limited selection of about 30 different models that i do oh okay okay popular guns like glock 95 percent of my sales are smith and wesson glock and sig okay i was just gonna i was just gonna go through guns and go like do you make a holster for this (laughs) right yeah that was my plan uh how about this one do you make nah as clover tax say you know no, PMR thirty. You don't make holsters. No, nah. I don't have. I don't have any anything I pick up. I got laying around. I know he ain't got a holster. Yeah, yeah. No, let's let's but, test him. Let's like, see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll throw it. I'll throw it out there. But I guarantee you don't have anything for like that, right? No, I mean, I'd love to do like a suppressed uh, holster, though, like a suppressor holster OWB for that. That'd be cool. As <laughs> yeah, yeah. People could ask us too. We'll we'll ask just to just to torture well, him because he's on here and you know, hey, why not you could, torture? You could probably. You'd probably do that, couldn't you? What is that's that? Pretty, that's pretty plain. Um, that's a Smith 422. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, no, you don't make a holster for that one? No, probably not. Unless no. it's uh, seriously CZ, Glock, Sig, Smith & Wesson, uh, some Springfields. Uh, how about uh, this? Do you make a holster for this? No, but that is freaking, that's gorgeous. Yeah. No, you don't make, it no. Is. Ruger, no, don't make a holster for the Revolver holsters and Kydex are one of the hardest things to make. So oh, okay. that's why you don't see even a lot of the phone press guys will not touch well, those because the amount what 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 Hank should do is he should fund the tooling for that project and then that would be like the Hank Strange signature series holster for the, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what the tooling for that would cost? No. Oh, he's got it. He's got it though. It's it, it would cost yeah. multiple of the guns. Um <laughs> and that's why you don't see it except for the more popular models. Yeah. Well, it all has to do, and you, you brought it up. It all has to do with what you sell the most of, and I mean yep. that's 
you know, you can't spend thousands and thousands on tooling to sell two holsters a year. It's just, that's not feasible. Well, what and about most Felica? People, most people understand that. What is that? What about for uh, a Parker, not a uh, 10 millimeter. No, no, nah. no, no, no holster for that. Nope. But here you can check out this cool pattern. <laughs> okay. Come on. Show us some holsters. Show us some holsters. Let's, let's see what you got. <laughs> All right. There's just a basic kiss one with just a quick clip. All my holsters right now, the ones I have currently released, are a platform. So you can, they're all the same shell, more or less. If you have an FN509 shell, you can attach, you know, overhooks. This is a p 365 obviously. But you can accept all different types of uh, hardware. It's pretty similar to those two setups, but you just got the whole multi And multi-location, it looks like, as well. Correct. So, like, the first time I ordered a, a Penix Carry holster... It was a JM Custom Kydex. I'll shout them out. They make a great product. But they ha were asking, do you want a high ride height? Do you want a medium ride height? Do you want a low ride height? Do you want this feature or that feature? I had no idea what the stuff was. And I was putting out like 95 bucks. And uh, I think at that time, it was like a 12-week wait, 12 to 16-week wait. So if I didn't choose my ride height and all that perfect, I was screwed. So that was kind of how I came up with the idea for this was, you know, a holster, if you our preferences change, maybe our body type change. If we gain or lose weight, this holster will more or less, you switch out the hardware, you make some adjustments, you're good to go. Okay. Uh, was that, was that for the 365? Yes. Okay. So do you, are you getting a lot of uh, 365 orders, making a lot of holsters? What kind of, what variations are you doing for that since it's something new? I was getting a ton of orders for those. My business increased dramatically due to sales of those but the last week it's dropped off okay. and i think the reason is this one had a broken firing pin and uh, i don't i really i got this gun right here this p365 and i put actually had the first thousand round test of it out on youtube okay a thousand rounds over four hours but we only had two mags so it was a lot of it was work to shoot a thousand rounds with two mags and a 10 round gun mm-hmm and the gun did not do that well. So then I got a hold of this gun and it started doing really well. Didn't have any reliability issues really. Had a few bobbles that could have very likely been ammo. I was actually thinking about putting this in my carry rotation. I put a thousand rounds through it, dry fired it, went to shoot the next 250, broken firing pin. Mm. Interesting. Well, and I think that's a big problem. That's the reason why you've seen the glut in the market for P365s. A lot of people are like, when are they coming out? They came out, then I think a lot of them had problems, and now they're starting to trickle out again. I've seen uh, I've seen a few more come out I, recently. I can make like 20%, 20 percent of the time, I can hit a uh, steel target, like a silhouette target at 100 yards with this thing. Okay. And I'm not that good of a – like this gun – as small as it is, have you shot one yet? No, I haven't shot one. Some of the guys here has actually Tom that's here. He's he's on his second one. So the first one, he had zero problems with it. He didn't put as many rounds as it through you as you did. But then he gave that to his son and he bought another one, which he just got. And I think he was out shooting it. He didn't have any problems with that either. That's so here. Yeah, we I it's like they, enough have not come in where I could go, okay, I'm gonna take this one and do a test yeah. of it yet. So but uh, the, there's definitely some problems. SIG says they're very minor, the internet says they're huge. I'd say the truth is somewhere 
in the middle. Uh, of the somewhere region. not on whatever SIG is saying. <laughs> That's what yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere probably a little higher than SIG, probably way lower than the internet. If the internet, if you ask the internet, like one out of five of these guns is going to catastrophically fail. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. think that's true either. But right. you definitely need to shoot one of these. Get together with your buddy Tom and great gun. I just can't trust with the, the reliability yet. So it's one of those things where I'll probably, I'll send, I'm sending these in to get all the parts upgraded and fixed, but. Yeah, I think they'll get it worked out. And if you they look will. at, if you look at the fact that um, Glock sold over a million of the Glock 43s, <laughs> they have lots of motivation to work that out. Work whatever problems because lots of people like this. People like it in the hand. I've only handled it, and lots of people like it in the hand, and lots of people are excited about shooting this. And the guys that have it and don't have problems are really happy. So if they if they get everything working right, they could you know come someplace close to what Glock is doing. But for the meanwhile, Glock is just going to keep selling forty threes. They might hit two million before these guys get it right. And these now come factory with the X ray night sights. For four ninety nines, what street price will be once things stabilize? You can't beat this gun for the money, I don't think. I mean, a forty three is what four twenty ish, and then um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I bought mine. I'm trying to remember somewhere yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. Around, around the four hundred range, give or take. Yeah, yeah four fifty. You're gonna throw okay. another hundred eighty to hundred bucks on sites for it. Mm-hmm. So this is really a solid value out of the box. It's awesome. And once yeah. Sig gets everything squared away, nothing's going to beat it. Okay, so let's see. Music Lover wants to know what's the biggest seller of all of, of all your holsters right now. That actually varies. for a, uh, Right now, probably the 43, but before that it was the Glock, uh, or not the, the Sig P365. The 43, okay. the Shield, and the 19, and then the CZ P10C are some of my largest sellers okay p10c okay richard hughes says they catch fire i read it on the net (laughs) (laughs) and big al says his is uh new and no problems so um so and then i carry my revolver in single action says laugh out loud harry your review of the 365 hurt your sales that's a different business move (laughs) i've actually had returns and a lot of stuff due to that i've had canceled orders really yes (laughs) okay because you were honest about what happened with the gun. I, ideal case scenario would have been on the first video would have been SIG released the gun. I got it. It ran 100%. And then SIG flooded the market and I just sold a ton of holsters. That would have been my ideal right. scenario. Yes. I'm a multimillionaire at 25. After that didn't happen, the second best case scenario would have been I was going to put 2,000 rounds through, where did I set it? Through this gun right here that it failed at a thousand ideal scenario would have been it made through 2000 rounds. I felt comfortable with it and I did a video on it and everybody goes, all right, he's saying the last one was horrible. This one's great. So now everything's good. Mm -hmm. That would have been second ideal, but that didn't happen either. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) this is the welcome to the unpredictable world of guns. (laughs) I I, I don't seeing what you guys do with gun reviews and all that. I don't, I don't envy the fanboy bashing you get no matter what stance you take. Glock guys are on me for not being harsh enough on this gun. Sig fanboys are claiming I'm a Glock fanboy. It's you can't win. <laughs> no, you can never no, you don't worry. Don't don't even try to win, dude. It's not happening. It's not happening. So a couple of things I want okay, uh Lola just gave me a question. She says, What is the uh shipping time? And what is KIS and how um did that start? Somebody wants to know what that 
Kiss is uh, keep it simple. So just a simple option of one clip goes on easy over the belt. Also have the same version with soft loops, just different names to kind of the holster. I sell it both as a kit with a lot of hardware and then in different configurations to make things simpler for people. Okay. But lead time is one to two business days on ready to ship stuff, which is black and right hand. And two weeks on custom colors like this stuff. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, by the way, let me encourage everyone to hit the thumbs ups. If, if I haven't done enough begging yet, please, please, baby, please hit the thumbs ups. Come on now. You guys can do it. We've got close to 200 people watching. We should have hit 200 thumbs ups already. If you're watching, if you're being entertained, you're being educated, you are, if you've got ideas for holsters, that Harry should be making at Harry's holsters. Let us know. Uh, wait, let me see. Let me see if I have another one. Hold on. Let me see. What is this? I don't even know. I'm just taking guns out of here. Okay, this is a HUK uh, P7 M8. Do you do you make a holster for that? I wish I did because once I own one, I will be making one for that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you don't make a holster for that. Okay, nah. just checking. Just checking. <laughs> that, that's an absolutely awesome gun. I was talking with the owner of my or the manager of my local gun shop about that. We mm. both are trying to find one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even know where we got that one. Uh Tony found that somewhere and he's not giving it up. People have already asked. Yeah. Somebody uh somebody else out there asked, but what about uh Glock twenty? Uh no, probably if I set up an RMR hunting gun for myself, maybe at this point, really ninety five percent of my sales are from about six models. And that's the most popular ones out there on the market besides the CZ stuff, which I sell pretty well with. So unless it's something I personally want, like I said, I'd love to build up a Glock 20 gun, but right now I'm kind of enthralled with the carry optics game and USPSA. Mm -hmm. So that's an expensive hobby, unfortunately. But once I set up a hunting gun, yeah. So Ghost Tactical wants to. He says he needs a holster for SR not SAR nine. Can't nah. find one anywhere. No, don't have. Okay. JM uh, Custom Kydex may have the molds, but they're the only ones I can think of. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Ivan Theme says, "Will Will Sig P three twenty X carry fit your holsters?" Yes, it will. Okay, there you go. Fit all the Sig frames. And CW Hunter says, as soon as you make a holster for the CZP11, is that? Or CZP01, he's been. P01, P01, sorry. Yeah. I'm looking for one. I actually might have a lead on one, but I've got to call the guys at CZ and see if they can hook me up. I've talked to them in our A show. They might be able to help. Okay. So. Um, and then Nico Ghost Gunner says, does Harry make a holster for the CZ82 slash 83 frame? If it's weird, probably not. And. Clayton Eads, yes, I do make one for the P229. Okay, good. Okay, good. You got to that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tardot357 says, do you have SIG 2022? Uh, I do not. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what else? Um, so let me ask you something. How long have you been doing the holster thing? Probably about two years. Two years. Okay. Are you a millionaire yet? Is there a lot of money in these Kydex holsters? <laughs> Not as much money as people are thinking. A lot more expense on the back end. If people knew what I spent on machine, just if people knew what I spent on bits for my CNC machine, they'd, they'd freak out. Everybody okay. looks, everybody knows what the cost of Kydex is and they go, it's not that much, but all the stuff supported on the back end gets pretty costly. It's like the Hank Strange 
you know, empire, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cost supporting yeah. the whole thing. I'm right, thinking. right. So where does a CNC uh, come into play with you doing the Kydex holsters? Uh, I'm just curious. It designs the mold or it machines out the molds. I designed that all on CAD myself. Oh, but, okay. So you get the guns and then you make your own molds? Correct, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And and so how's that different from what other guys do? Because, you know, everyone in their mama is making Kydex. Yes, there, there's a lot of guys doing it the way I am. There's a lot of guys that are outsourcing the design process on the molds. and they're, But still, the majority of the market is doing foam pressed. We're seeing a transition right now, but a lot of guys are still, they take either an actual gun or a blue gun, and they tape, it, tape up the slide, and then they place their blocking. And it's a very time inefficient process but it's the only way to go for custom stuff. Like some of these rare guns that you guys are talking about. It's yeah. I have around on average around 20 to 30 hours in each mold that I design. Okay. Cooling. So, so uh, Clover, by the way, if you have questions, man, just jump in and ask me, I wanted to know if you're, so you're seeing, seeing those, are you selling those to other companies or? No, no, I don't do any outsourcing as far or any OEM work for other companies at this time. Okay. Clover, did you have something? Um, yeah, I was, you, you talk about the foam molds. That's the, that's where they take the Kydex you're talking about. And they tape it up, they heat the Kydex and then they have a piece of foam, like in a press, Correct. right? And they, yeah. And a lot of guys are using membrane vacuum formers too, in conjunction with foam. And I, that, I'll be honest, that's more of a, uh, art form almost like an artisan to do it right. There's a lot of guys doing it and there's only a small percentage of those that are really masters at it. Right. Now, yeah, the, that's the, the only one of the questions that everyone I had. can do, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But not everyone can do it. It's, it's well, I tried it, but yeah, it doesn't mean everyone can do it. But I have tried it before. So when you're doing your your designs, the question I have with your, and I'm sure all this is probably calculated through the CNC, but you have your piece of Kydex, right? Well, when yep. that molds over, if you wanted a certain size, does you do you have to do all the calculations to make sure once it's molded, it's still that same size, or do you just kind of mold the first one and go, hey, that's good enough? Well, every time I use a piece of Kydex, I use what's called a membraneless former. So the Kydex gets heated up, and then there's a seal on the former itself. So the Kydex is open to the air on top. I use a 12 by 12 piece of Kydex for each. So I have to stay within about okay. a 10 inch envelope on the mold. Hmm. To have an after- so you, so you put the mold into the, you actually put the mold into the Kydex and then trim it from there. Uh, the way the process starts is I heat up the Kydex and then I have a flat mold. I wish I had one here, but I don't, it's essentially like a gun cut in half and s- split right. with the block. Yeah. The Kydex goes on that. It forms to that. I take that off the mold, drill mounting holes, place that on a separate trim mold, and then place that on a pallet on my CNC. And then the CNC goes and drills more holes and slots and cuts everything out. Oh, wow. Okay. The the final, in other words, yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering if the mold came first or uh, or the mold. Are you... You actually cut it to size and then molded it, I guess is what I was I think at. some companies do do that because when you do it flat like that, it's easier to, it's easier, believe it or not, half the time in these holsters, a little bit over half is actually finishing the edges. That's the most time yeah. consuming part. So they can cut a lot of that out if they're just, you know, on a flat edge. Okay. Yeah. And so how is that um, bettering the end product than what other people do? what it's other a, companies are it's doing. It's a lot more consistent. And then there's a lot of companies out there that are using this process now. It's just more expensive to get into. And 
like the guys that are uh, doing, uh, to give you an idea, if a guy does, doesn't have a CNC machine in-house, he's going to pay around 3500 bucks for the tooling to have a true custom holster mold set up. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of expense for a small business involved in that. But it's just consistency. I can make a lot of holsters and they'll all be pretty much very similar. Whereas if a guy's blocking out each gun by hand, there's going to be a lot of variations. They're, uh, what's the correct word I'm looking for here? The rejection rate's going to be a lot higher. Yeah, or or maybe the stuff is not getting rejected. Yeah. You reject it when you get yeah. it. Yeah. And it doesn't exactly work for you. How many holsters are you able to turn on on average a day? I'm, I don't really feel comfortable saying that information, but it's quite a okay. bit for a one-man shop. It's not as high as some, but it's pretty efficient. Okay, and you're try, are you trying to like expand where you're located? I'm in North Carolina. North Carolina. So are you looking to add someone? Are you out there trying to get someone to work with to uh, help up the production? Okay, eventually. Okay. There's still, there's still a long way to go before I get there, but it's, it's moving oh, yeah. in that direction. My goal is to compete with Blade Tech. Uh, companies like that size, Raven Concealment. I don't know if I'd want to be as big as Safari Land or G-Code, but that's who I kind of want. It to could happen. With. It could happen, man. You know, the tough part is always getting people who uh, see the vision the same way you do. Or, you know, obviously it's your company and you have ownership. But when people come on board, they need to take some kind of level of ownership. I'm not saying that they own it, but they need to realize if they help you build something better, they can help themselves. And and all of that's very difficult. Uh, Trust me, I know. One of the best things at NRA show, I got to spend 15 minutes talking with Kevin Brittingham, the owner of Q. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his employee hiring practice. I also got to talk with Alex Costa of Alex and Ryan Designs mm-hmm. or A and R Designs. They've rebranded now. Both those guys had very similar things to say about how they manage their employees, how they keep them motivated. It was great talking to both those guys. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an no. easy thing to do. Uh, let's see. Um, will you be adding 1911? That's coming from Watchdog. He wants to know if you're adding 1911s at some point. I have the 1911 holsters about 90% finished, but because of the very thin trigger guard on those, getting the retention right on those is very, I'm trying to dial it in to give you an idea. The depth on the holsters of that is only uh, 0.015. Mm, okay. So wow. 15 I never, pounds. I never thought that that would be a thing with the 1911s. Yep, because of how sharp the trigger guard is and how small it is. That's still too much retention. And is is there a lot of variation with 1911s there just because everyone everyone's making them or is that with yes. ev- typically every 1911? Yes, like my 1911 holsters will not fit as tight and as perfect as say the Glocks. They might fit one 1911 that way, but they won't fit the next. Like they won't fit the uh, like a Rock Island Armory. It'll fit in the holster, but it won't lock in. Whereas Kimber's, Smith & Wesson, Springfield's, those will all lock in. Okay, so you have been experimenting with it, but you're not, you're not, um, none of those holsters are out. Correct, yeah. Okay, and uh, Vanessa Kitty says, so then a Kunin holster is a no-go? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Give me custom for that one. Yeah, Midnight Range TM says, Clovertack! Exclamation, 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 exclamation. And on and on like that. Uh, Mike Bryant says he does foam mold Kydex in his garage just for knives right now. And you can get a great product from phone molding, but it takes a lot more work, a lot more time per holster. And you really, there's a steeper learning curve than doing what I'm doing. And the main reason I went with the process I went is because when I do bring on employees, it's much easier to train them. Yeah. And it's skills that, you know, machine operators, uh, 
skills that are transferable outside of bending kydex. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing to do for knives and probably even more so than guns, like for you to do it yourself for knives. Because people who do knife stuff are going to do your prototypical knives that are out there, but there's so many variations of knives. Oh, and custom knives are just rampant, right? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. So I think that being able to, you know, it's a, it's a good skill for someone to have or maybe being able to do it for your friends. Okay, so Ivan Theme wants to know, uh, and I hope and I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. Do your holsters come in different colors inside, outside? He wants a zombie green inside, multicam outside. How does that work? All my holsters, I was actually talking about this with a guy today. They're all one sheet of Kydex. So as far as IWB, you're only going to be able to get one color. I mean, oh, okay. you can get like a Cryptek pattern or you can get a multicam pattern or you can get a zombie green carbon fiber. You can't get the two mixed okay. together. For, yeah. I, I might have competition holsters coming out sometime this fall, though, for the Shadow 2. I saw a Jolly, I think it was Jolly Roger for the Shadow 2 Glock 34 competition guns that are dual layer. So that would be an option. Okay. And uh, just so you guys know, the Notorious Babyface P has entered the building there he goes and it's a good thing because he's the only one of us that owns two of his ulcers yes exactly so it's i haven't i was just gonna say that i haven't um i haven't gotten one yet i i i need to i need to what do you carry hank um let me see i carry uh this (laughs) glock 43 which is a Glock 43 oh no he carries a full-size 1911 yeah no no i'm just kidding (laughs) i have a glock i have a glock 43 that's typically yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll take care of that. But Babyface P is here. He has done it, Babyface. Uh, we have two Marley's Glock 43, and I have one for the MMP 2.0, and they are both awesome. Wait, so wait, uh, you have? Do you have one for Marley's new uh, yeah. Glock 43? Yeah, oh. I got. It's in Cryptek. Well, I don't have it. Marley has it. Yeah. Okay. Mar, do you have your holster on you? Your gun and or holster. We'll see. Yeah, by, the, by the way, Babyface's woman is in town. I'm surprised he's even coming on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that his junk, <laughs> I don't we, know, uh, his junk might not be functional right now. <laughs> we uh, went and had dinner for the first time. <laughs> I know, She's, I know. Uh, so, so Marley, for anybody that's curious, Marley started nursing school. She got into the UF nursing program. But instead of getting in at the Gainesville campus, she got in in the Jacksonville campus. So had to move a bunch of stuff, got her an apartment, and it's been crazy. Yeah, I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. Um, should, should we should we get together like a collection so we can get you a blow up doll or something? <laughs> <laughs> How does Marley feel about that? I'm not sure she would like that too much. <laughs> okay, let me stop. You. Oh, don't tell her what I said. <laughs> There's okay, the there Cryptek Blue with the Blue uh, Clock 43. That's cool. And I like, awesome. I, I like that positive click in there. Oh, man, it's super, super, super positive. Like, it's yeah. not going anywhere unless you pull on it. Right, and that's what we were just finding out from Harrison, that he actually CNCs the molds and all this. He does some really, some really cool special. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's the only way to go if you're going to try to make any quantity of holsters these days. I, yeah. I can totally understand that. I watched a video of some guy making them by hand, cutting them and everything by hand in it. Seemed like a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. I had a friend of mine bring me a gun the other week, and I thought I was like, I was going to do a solid form and make him a custom holster from foam mold. I ended yeah. up being able to repair his current holster. I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, 
this would take me four hours to make a decent quality holster. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I imagine it's time consuming. Yeah. And yeah. I can't, I can't charge him what four hours of my time would be worth for that yeah. holster. So yes. And, and you should, here's the thing. You should probably have a list of like the holsters that you're not carrying yet. And then what's the order? Like, you know, so let's say the last holster, you know, you've got a couple thousand people that want this, but then you're like, okay, only a couple hundred want this. Yeah. Some kind of priority list. I, <laughs> and if I've, you were going to take that time, do something else on the priority that more people want. I, I've got that. But at the same time, I'll say this. I've gotten holsters that I've had zero de- demand for, or I've had a ton of demand for. I get the gun. They don't sell. It's <laughs> weird. And then I'll get a gun like the seven five zero nine that I just want because I want no request. I sell quite a few. It's yeah. kind of weird. It's Once how, many, again, um, how many P365s have you sold? A lot. I was a lot. say, it doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah, we had that conversation. Already? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the world of guns. Like, uh, or this, dudes will be like, oh, how come you don't make this, man? You should make it everyone. I, I, let me tell you something. It's probably one dude with like a hundred different uh, YouTube accounts or Instagram accounts. <laughs> yeah. Just harassing you to make that holster so no one buys it. There's stuff you can kind of tell that, yeah. Like I actually went and bought a gun. And I ended up, the first gun I've ever sold or I'm selling, I brought it to my local store, put it on consignment because it's just not, unless I like the gun or unless it's something like the P365, which is really hot and you know it's going to be big because you have a big name like SIG behind it and it offers a lot, it's really hard to put the time and money into designing it when I could design, like right now I'm working on, I'll keep this it's a prototype holster, so, but I'm working on light bearing holsters, stuff like okay. that that I'm more interested in uh wait so what is what is that light bearing holster so is it hold the light only uh well it holds the light but it this is give you an idea i carry this appendix and it's pretty dang comfortable so yeah because I've, I've looked at a couple of companies that are making well one company in particular i can't remember the name but they make it where it grips light only yeah it grips the light only so you can put whatever light you put on any gun you can carry any firearm with it. you've got the rate of concealment uh I forgot what it's called, but they're light only, and then you, which is only for the uh, X300, and then you have the Armadillo Concealment. They've got a couple holsters, and they're all pretty good holsters. Yeah. The yeah, Concealment's not the best. Yeah. Well, I'm, whenever you come out with a light one, let me know, because I'll buy it. I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I, my, my Surefire went back. I don't know, Hank, if I told you. I bought a Surefire XC1. Okay. Um, from one of the guys at the shop, and... <laughs> I paid for it. It was half price. It was a hundred bucks, which is for an XC one is a good price. Uh, I was playing with it and I'm like, this, this doesn't work all the time. It's, it's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I ended up sending it back to, to surefire like two days ago. We'll see how it looks when it comes back. Oh, is that for your, is that your custom made Glock? No, no, my my custom made Glock is now Marley's custom made Glock oh. because she wanted it. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it was Robin's egg blue, and she had to have it. So. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember you made it because you like that color. Now you yeah, don't have that. Yeah, and then Marley was like, "No, I'm taking that with me to Jacksonville." <laughs> oh, okay. So let's hit a couple of things here. Um, here's some questions. People want to know if you are offering a Hank Strange discount code. We could probably set something like that up, but not yeah. right now, currently. Okay, so there's not one of those. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. We'll get that. Um, someone else wants to know if you went to school for this? No. Uh, I learned how to you do it all. You didn't even get out of high school yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I learned how to do it off YouTube and a lot of trial and error. If you guys knew the amount of money I spent 
and HTTP stock machining prototypes and learning how to run a CNC machine, learning how to do yeah, CAD. That's Buy, what you do it. Buying a CNC machine. I mean, yeah. what the hell? Like, what kind of, what kind of CNC do you use? I've like got a, a Shopbot desktop Mac. Okay. Okay. You're not so using stop. like the... No. That's next on the list though. A Haas V... I think it's a VS2. Full-size stand-up machine. That's, Those things are amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's Patrick's dream. Uh, you go by Walt... See, every time I go into Walter's shop, Safety Harbor Firearms, I always am envious because he has like two or three full-size CNC machines, and it's just incredible to me that... I, yeah. I've got a buddy who's trying to build... He's got a bunch of, like, really cool... They're slower, like, manual machines. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, a bridge port that's converted to CNC in his garage. Oh, bridge port. <laughs> his wife's mad because his garage is literally full of all his toys, so he wants to build a shop out back, and he <laughs> <Don't> shot... <laughs> <laughs> that is a man's dream to have yeah. a CNC machine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, what man does that? I want my own CNC. Because you can make anything. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will make like problems I don't even have. Like, damn it. See, <laughs> I need a CNC machine. Uh, Clover, did you have a question here? No, I'm good. Okay. So let me uh, hit some comments here real quick and then uh, then we'll come back to some stuff. So Richard Hughes says we should get Babyface a real doll. <laughs> I'm a real doll. I'm not totally sure what that. that means, but uh, you never heard of real dolls? No, I don't okay, know. Okay, Google is. that shit. Are you sure I should Google this? <laughs> yes, Google it. It's a All thing. Right. You, we can get you. We can get you. Like, do you want J Lo? You can get a J Lo real doll. You can get okay, you know, whatever, whatever flavors and all that kind of stuff you this want, you can like, get it real doll. They're expensive. This is so, this is so weird. I don't, don't make sure don't Marley doesn't walk this. in while you're looking at that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, this is okay. weird. Did you guys ever see that episode of South Park where uh, Jennifer Lopez took over Cartman's hand or whatnot when he had that Jennifer Lopez? Yes, oh, <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Six thousand dollars for this? Oh, they oh they're getting cheaper. They're getting cheaper. Yeah. What they used to be? <laughs> oh, they used to be a lot more than six thousand dollars. They used to be like ten. God. Oh yeah. Jesus. They, yeah, you can get all uh, the flavors. They can get like different porn stars. <laughs> you can get you can get just certain body sections. You can get just torso. Oh, you can get yeah. just the boobies yeah. if you want. You know, the, <laughs> that's, all. that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Clover? What do you need? Just, said, just the body parts. I said, because that's all you need. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your imagination fills in the rest. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, Moobut said, let him borrow a goat. Oh, <laughs> oh I have a, a joke that I could throw in there, but I won't. No, that's a violation. <laughs> He's not a jihadi. Thank you. Um, okay, you got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gorillas and Guns says uh, at Harry's Holsters, we need we uh, still need to get together sometimes. Richard well, Houston, six k. That's cheaper than my wife for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is cold. That is cold. Uh, um, uh, Mike Ryan says, Hank, why are you up on this top topic? Oh yeah, bathroom mannequin. <laughs> no, <laughs> I forgot I told that. <laughs> and uh, I, Ivan Thiem wants to know what can he get for three dollars and fifty cents. You, you can get chlamydia. You need tree fitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can get chlamydia if you want to. <laughs> uh, um, and CW Hunter says, "And the perv segment, as promised." <laughs> Harry's Holsters does not endorse this or participate. <laughs> uh, I carry my. You know what he was getting into when he jumped on the show. I carry. Yeah, I hope you know, man. You've been watching the show. 
<laughs> I carry my revolver in single action. Says, "Have you seen the 2018 sex dolls? The the I, I think he's talking about the robotics and stuff like that." Oh they've, God, no! This is why we this like Americans will develop robots for sex dolls, and the Japanese will develop robots to kick our asses. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you seen the stuff Joe Rogan was talking about, where he was talking about everybody's getting plastic surgery? So in ten years, people are just going to get plastic surgery to look like what they want to. Yeah, like but that's crazy. To. Yeah, I'm not down with that. That it's not. No, I don't like it. We should all look different. I do not believe in us looking the same. I agree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We do not all need to look the same. That was going to take the fun out of life. So <laughs> I'm not saying that people won't go that direction because we're you know people are getting worse and worse. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Pixamite wants to know how how do I know so much about real dolls? <laughs> Um, there's a couple of movies. There's a He's couple done of docu- research. Yeah, there's a couple of documentaries on this subject. Uh, listen, uh, you know, I do this. I got it's. It's not because of me. I, I I have to like research this stuff so that we have interesting things to talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Real dolls, if you're out there, uh, you can send us one. Uh, we'll put yeah. it on the show as Hank's assistant. Yeah. <laughs> Watchdog says you could get the Stormy Daniels. You can get the Stormy oh, Daniels. God. Oh, uh, I found Go ahead. <laughs> I was in my local gun shop and the owner was telling me that she's going on tour. Oh, I believe it. Like to all the, you know, uh, strip clubs. All this, I guess I can say that on air on this show. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, why not? She's yeah. going around tour to all the strip clubs and charging like $25. It's, oh, cover it's brilliant. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Oh, Stormy's uh, so, going to make millions. Oh, yeah, so I'm, million. I'm wondering if Trump's actually getting a cut off this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but if there's a if there's a porn star who looks like Trump out there, he's about to blow the hell up. <laughs> I have to tell you that right now. Oh I, um, listen, I don't know if we've reached 200 thumbs ups yet, but come on, we're entertaining you guys. You come on, do the <laughs> thumbs ups at least for that. Don't make us have to get real dolls to do the thumbs ups. All right, you let know. me go grab. I'm gonna go grab a rifle because I gotta show off uh, some redneck engineering that we did that I worked on last night. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Okay. So let's see what else. Uh, I, did, who else? Who, what other questions do we have here? I'm sure. I'm sure there's some holster related questions <laughs> that we could get to here. Um, so when you, I think, did you, did we answer the question from the guy who wanted to know like what kind of stuff we could do inside and outside in terms of yeah. designs and all that? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of limited on that. I mean, not doing the full custom stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, just kind of hard to meet. Like if I, when I was messing around, I'm going to make competition holsters. I'm thinking about doing a dual layer holster. So I did a prototype or not a prototype, just seeing if my machine could machine through dual layer. And I formed it on just an IWB. That mm-hmm. holster would be about that. It'd be huge. An IWB holster being dual layer, which would give you the inside outside. So mm-hmm. not really practical for IWB carry unless you're doing okay. pancake style design. Okay. Okay. So, not so you're saying that just not practical to do a, a whole bunch of things like that yeah nah. yeah yeah i'm not sure how we really got into doing because who the hell is seeing all the designs you do on your holster it's it's a funny thing the most of the market does really not care some guys actually i've talked to them they like getting holsters just like fde or gray so they'll have different color holsters for different guns so they don't get them confused mm-hmm. but most people they like black. It's that's most of my sales. Some guys though, like uh, some one guy to look up that does absolutely beautiful work is Guncraft. 
Okay. Look up like everybody on look up his holsters. They may not be your cup of tea. He sells like $250 custom holsters that are absolutely beautiful. They're just yeah. as effective as mine. And he sells holsters in the same price category that are playing black, but he does some beautiful stuff with suede and stitching and carbon fiber interiors, beautiful holsters. Okay. Very cool. So um, let's see. Carl Carson says, Hank, can you make a CNC machine? Donald Trump sex doll. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I need to do that. Cause Donald Trump is banging the whole world right now. I don't think we need a we need the sex doll version. Why do I yeah. feel like Walter would have that CNC machine in his shop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walter would totally do it. Uh, he's all over that. Uh, um, JT says, "Is it me, or does um, most of dolls look very, very young?" Uh, yeah, that makes. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And Richard Hughes wants to know if you can make a holster for a real doll. <laughs> Take it around with you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I? Probably. Will I? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. And so, you know, you were talking about, so what's the price? You is, What's the general price of holsters and stuff like that? Uh, $84.99 is what the starter kit goes for. Just in basic black. Goes on up higher from there. The holsters start, I think, at $64.99 with the lower, like, this setup in black would start at $64.99. Uh, okay. So they start around $64.99 and they go up to over 100 bucks depending on if you get certain colors and hardware combinations. Okay. So pretty, they're pretty middle-of-the-road pricing. All right, cool, cool. All right, so let's see. Uh, we need five more thumbs-ups, people. Five more and we'll hit 200. I, I, I'm pretty sure we could do that. So just come on, hit those thumbs-ups. We got a bunch of people in here watching. Let's get to that. It's Friday. You know, we're trying to have some fun here. Um, so, so you want to so, see the redneck innovation that we uh, that I, I didn't come up with, yeah. but I, I stole from uh, Armament Max's. Okay, let's see so, it. <laughs> so do you remember uh, a while ago I complained about um, – Certain certain uh, butt stocks pull my cheek hair out, my beard hair. So uh-huh. when I go to do a nice cheek weld and I pull my face away, it pinches the cheek hairs and pulls them out. It hurts really damn bad. So Armin and Access gave me an idea. He did it a little differently, but I uh, it's not perfect right now. There's a big silver screw on the bottom. Um, I drilled and tapped a hole in the bottom, got a bicycle inner tube, cut it down, fit it over. So you take the stock off, you fit the bicycle inner tube over. Put the stock back on, fit it over your stock, and then attach it somehow. I just did a screw. And uh, it's a, now a rubberized thing that keeps me from getting my beard hair caught right in here. Okay. And I went and shot today, and it works perfectly for like, uh, I don't know, an inner tube was like 12 bucks, and a screw was 60 cents. But it's, it's not. Ad- is it not adjustable anymore? Or? Yeah, yeah. So you can still. It crushes forward and goes all the way back. Okay, so okay, that screw is just going into the base. Okay, I yeah, think so we should patent that. It's <laughs> just in the plastic. I have it drilled and tapped into the plastic on the the stock. Could you get, could you get like the uh, same? Get something with like a partial adhesive strip on one end, fold it over. Totally. You could you could retail that. Yes. Yeah. So there. I mean. It could be a thing. I'm thanks to Armin Access. He, it was his idea, but I I took it to his. So I think uh, Chris P can can tell me a little further. But I believe his just went um, halfway around. It wasn't the entire. It wrapped the entire thing. Um, I just thought this was easier. But yeah, open source. If anybody wants to go wrap 
condom wrap their uh, their stock. Yeah. You can do that now. Did you make a video on this? <laughs> no, uh, I wanted to make sure it worked before I did a video, so I didn't look like an idiot. Hey, that, um, that, that doesn't stop a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the hell is he talking <laughs> no, about? No, I'm not going to make a video of me going like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. So I now know how to do it, and we can make a proper video in like five minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, we should make a video. That's a, that's a good solution. We hit 200, so, you know, thanks to everyone out there. I think Scott Rousseau said that he was number 200, so thank you. Congratulations uh, for that. We... Uh, you know, we enjoy that. Crackbot said, what about the use of shrink wrap? I guess the, if uh, you wanted to just put cellophane over your stock, you can do that too. But um, this is a nicer looking package with, uh, with the black yeah. on black. <laughs> and Special K says, um, I call dibs on the patent. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really ought to look into like some 3M adhesives of some sort and see if there's anything you could put on there just on the stock. It'd be non-permanent, but it'd still hold it in place and and then you just boop, put it on. And yeah, because this is kind of ugly, but it worked. But yeah, if you could put some some sort of adhesive across the top and stretch it over it, it would hold it in place. Yeah. And you could probably retail that for 15 bucks. Yeah. So I've got <laughs> some more I've got some more stuff for um like do you make a holster for that? Hold on. I got another one here. I still need oh I still need a holster for this. But it yeah. can't be Kydex. It needs to be leather. Andrew's custom leather. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Uh, do you make a holster for this? That it's is called a cool. pocket hang. I love those things. Yeah, I agree with him. It's a pocket. But <laughs> that, those are no, cool. No holster for that? Oh. How much are those? Way too uh, what are we selling those for? I know we have one in the store that we're selling. I have no it's idea like what we are selling something. it for. It's yeah. way too expensive. If it was like the price of those NNA mini revolver, North American it would be revolver. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like double what it should be in my mind. It yeah. should be like 250 tops. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to use this thing. Everybody <laughs> would own one if it was 250. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're asking like 425 retail. That, that puts it into like Glock M&P tear. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can buy a used Glock 19 for that price. Yeah. Not, you know, I'm going to walk in the store. I've got 200 bucks in my pocket. I'll make the extra 50 work somehow. Yeah, right. Like I could, I can, I can actually did that. I have an NA. So there you go. That's how I had to figure out how the hell to even (laughs) get it to open. You better practice this before you try to use this thing to save your ass. I want one, but I'd never shoot it. Well, we could shoot this one, baby face. We could test this. Yeah, we can, but yeah, we we should. We should. (laughs) We should get a real doll and use that as our target (laughs) dummy. I would shoot a real doll if we could. That seems a little weird, but I would do it. Hank, do you still have the Audi? Um uh yes, I do have an Audi. And okay, so you haven't released No, I have an Audi R8 now. Okay. Yeah. Ah, All right, perfect. So yes. when are you going to make the back of your trunk look like a transporter with like <laughs> an SL8 G36 conversion and like <laughs> MP5s? Yeah, uh, I can see a card somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right uh, up in the glass. Of, of wait, of the R8? Right yeah. above the engine compartment. You just have, yeah. the, have the guns racked against the yeah. glass. So you look and it's just. Lola has <laughs> just discovered this. What, the life card? Yeah, she's just discovered it. Oh, man. <laughs> and she's trying to check it out. Now, here's another thing I want to know. Do you make a holster? This is a holster for one of these. But I need a, ki- I need, I need a Kydex holster for this. Are you guys ready for this? 
Boom. I need I need a This has like the power of the sun. I need a holster is, for all my holsters. Do you make a holster for yes. holsters? No, a pegboard. Pegboard with uh, hooks. And just bloop. Yeah. How many freaking What if I want to carry them? I mean, I want to carry all my holsters at the same time. I need a holster for all the holsters, right? I'm going to hook them all together. Are you Batman or something? Just two pieces of pegboard with some string in between. You just wear it like a backpack? There you go. And like a sandwich board, you know? (laughs) Right. Go around the gun show selling all your old holsters. (laughs) Yeah, just just take it off the pegboard. Um, I think yeah, Clover. You were trying to say something. What were you? What was the question you were trying to ask there? I don't think it was. I wasn't trying to ask. No, me. he was saying I should wear. Hank, not even paying attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's playing with the live card. I know. No, I no. Not only that, I'm also playing with this X7R from Olight. I think or this he's is trying to maybe. This maybe is, you're this just trying to figure out how to fold it back up. <laughs> no, that I got. No, that I figured out. <laughs> this thing. I'm trying to see how many lumens this is. It's uh, 279 and maximum output 12,000 lumens. Wow. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Re- rechargeable? Yes, rechargeable. It, like a lot of the stuff from Olight, it has like that magnetic thing here, which, and Babyface was showing that you could open it. So you open it, you can plug in a USB. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But then it has this magnetic thing so you could charge. And all that kind of stuff, man. That is an amazing, an amazing light. Like the I'm gonna to show people. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it on behind me. Check that it's out. It's gonna right blow there. your camera. <laughs> yeah, look at. Yeah, look at. You know, that's a the the little one you have in your pocket. The one you carry, I think, is cooler. Yeah, the little little tiny one. I really yeah. like that one. I need yeah, a. What is this? An H1R or something like something that? Like that. Uh, what is it? H1R Nova. And a little tiny, little the tiny coolest, light. Well, yeah, it's super bright, obviously. There you go. So that's, but show the bottom of it. I think that's the coolest thing. It's magnetic. Uh, yeah, it's magnetic also. But all, but most of the Olight stuff now, you can you, – so you plug it into USB, and then the thing magnetizes to there and charges it. It's really neat. Yeah. So could lots you, of Olight stuff is like that now. Could you blind somebody with that 12,000 lumen light? Yes. Totally. Yeah. And when we discovered this at SHOT Show, Tony, <laughs> the uh, Big Daddy who's Big Daddy Guns, we we uh, took him over to the uh, Olight booth, and he discovered this, and he proceeded to blind everyone that was walking by. <laughs> and, and he thought it, that was amusing, and I was like, "You're gonna get our asses kicked!" <laughs> blind everybody in like full fluorescent lit shot show. Yeah, Not, yeah. exactly. It's yeah, exactly. Right. But he loves this. This actually belongs to him. I'm supposed to I'm supposed to do a review of it. But you know, he lives out on the farm. It's really dark, so he wants this. I think he just wants to blind all his animals out there when he comes. <laughs> When he comes back home, but you know, he wants to be able to, this is amazing. And I think they have one above this. They have like one that goes up to 20,000 lumens. Jesus. Holy. That's yeah. like when your, your city loses power, right? You get climb to the yeah. high, tallest <laughs> building. Aim it down at everybody. Yeah. That should be like literally like a lightsaber or something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm pointing that up. That should be a lightsaber. When it, Speaking of for anybody, this is way off topic, but anybody out there that, is into gaming at all marley and i are about to pick up beat saber on uh on steam it's uh it's sort of like guitar hero mixed with vr and lightsabers look it up it's really cool we're about to buy a copy of it to play tonight oh okay that's what you're gonna do tonight oh hell yeah we're gonna play some beat saber 
Amongst other things. Uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, chains and whips. One track mine over there. <laughs> <laughs> broke it out. So if anyone wants to know how you open this, it's this, uh, basically this thing here that you just flip it like that. And then you got the, you got the gun. And you then got a cock this, back, I think, right? Uh, yeah, this is your cocking mechanism here. There you go. Like you pull that out and that cocks it. And then if you want to open up the chamber, if you want to open up to uh, load, right? That's where you would load, close it down. So we should, we should do a video on this, man. But no, no holster for this, Harry's holsters? No. Nope. Hey, a, a little Kydex thing cool. that goes on my belt that could just like snap into my belt? No. When you're playing Hank Bond, that's just, you just slip it into your suit pocket underneath your pocket square and you just... That's right. Yeah, I don't wear suits, so <laughs> that would be... That will be no good. But <laughs> okay, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, what what else are we going into here? I'm, I'm going to make more trouble. <laughs> you got 15 minutes to make a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. Right. I'm looking through uh, Truth About Guns or Firearms blog to see. If yeah. Any news? news? Did you guys have news? Clover Tack. I know you had some news. I don't know if we went over it yet. Mm, what did I have? What was that? Um. Oh yeah, that. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Let me look at. Let me pull it up. Yeah, was that FBI? The little FBI report somewhere. Oh. Uh, uh, okay, that was like. Um, well, there was fake news too, but that that was oh, the other okay. one was All fake right. news. Yeah. No. Did you guys? This is from the firearm blog. Did you guys see that Brownells released the BRN twenty two stripped and barreled receivers for Ruger's ten uh, for Ruger ten twenty two? So that Brownells looks really cool. Yeah, and I love a 10 inch barrel. Yeah, well, how long is this barrel? Is this the 10 inch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's awesome that Ru- that uh, Brownells is making those. So think about that with uh, Max little brace for the Ruger charger. Right. Yes, uh, there's so many things you could do with 1022s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so are they doing two different barrel lengths? A 16 yes, and a, a six- sub? Yeah, there's a 16 and a 10 inch one. Yes. Uh, yeah, so you can do a charger with it? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like so. the, the 22 charger, I thought was the stupidest gun out there till I, <laughs> till Matt came out with that brace. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. I got to have one. <laughs> yeah. No, this looks really good, man. This looks really good. Um, I'm glad the Brownells is getting into that biz. You know, they, obviously there's lots of stuff out there for the 1022. Everyone makes things. I love building 1022s because you could do all kinds of stuff for it. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to build a 1022 with ATI Outdoors that sponsors us, and then we're going to give it away. So do it. Yeah that's, yeah, that's why you got to be up on the HankStrange.tv, yo. So, um, so, oh, is this the FBI thing, CloverTech? FBI acknowledges life-saving potential of armed citizens? Yeah. Say like, what? You know, it's a, it's a dull moment. Who would have thought, do they, right? Do they, have a, do, they, like, do they do some sort of study or something? Yeah, it was uh, the FBI active shooter incidents. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, – those are final lines in the conclusion of the FBI's active shooter incidents in the United States, 2016-2017. It was a report. Yeah, it says when armed and unarmed, right, so their thing says when armed and unarmed citizens engaged a shooter in 10 incidents, they safely and successfully ended the shootings in eight of those incidents. Incidents? Incidents? Yeah. They ended the incidences. Yeah, the the impudence of the incidents. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds like Fifth Element. We don't want another incident. Do you guys take a lot of uh, training classes? Uh, I, not, a lot, I, not a lot. I'm but watching I do. more. Hank Hank does at least one a year, don't you? Yeah. Um, I want to. I want to jump in next time and go uh, do like the fighting rifle course with um, Valor Ridge with Reed Hendricks. Yeah. If you, if you go up there, let me know, and I, I might try to make it up to uh, Tennessee as well to do. Yeah. That. Where are you at? Okay. Uh, North Carolina. Oh, you're not far then. Yeah. What yeah. part? East or west? Uh, right smack dab in the middle of the state, north. We um, I have a, a couple acres of open property in right outside of Franklin. Uh, Franklin, so way west in the mountains. Yeah, little tiny podunk town. <laughs> That's way west. Yeah, yeah, we're right on the border with like uh, Georgia and Tennessee, right and South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, right in that little corner. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Richard Hughes says what they did not say in that article that CloverTech was talking about is gun-free zones kill. Yes. Yeah, they won't just come out and say it, but yeah. Yeah. And I don't, back what I was saying on the uh, training class, mm-hmm. I hate to say this, no disrespect to our law enforcement officers, but if there's 10 civilians in there and one law enforcement officer, the law enforcement officer is usually the least proficient with a firearm. <laughs> it's true. Expecting them to respond to that situation. They always say they don't want civilians to respond because we're not trained. Most of the time, civilians are as skilled or more skilled that I see than the responding officers. Well, they're, they're trained. They're probably better trained. They're not better Agreed. practiced is part Correct. of the problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, not every, not every police officer is a gun guy. I think that they are. I know a bunch of guys who are cops and they're gun guys and they're really into this. I see them in the store, for example. Um, you know, the other day I was in the store, there were like three guys from uh, the same department here in, uh, in Gainesville the, the, that uh, actually pulled me over in that video, if anyone's seen the video. But these are good guys. Like one of them wasn't even in the department at the time. And I remember him being mad that that happened to me. And now he's in the department. And those are good guys. They're into guns. They train all the time. Some of them do two gun, three gun. The problem is, is that that's like you said, that's not every police officer. Yeah. And then, and you know, we, we should do something about that and make that more of a thing. Because we need we need these people to be proficient at what they're doing, sometimes to save lives, sometimes not like in New York City where they just start shooting and shoot everyone except who they're intending to shoot. And I yeah. don't also we need to take into account if we were to train them to the idea that the public has this perception, you know, they can shoot guns out of people's hands from 30 meters away and all these crazy <laughs> yeah. movie stuff. If they were to train to like 10% of that perception, they would spend their entire, all the hours on their pay, all the hours they're paid to work training and mm-hmm. burning ammo. They, mm-hmm. I guess we need to re-educate the public. Yeah, we need to make it so when things go down like that, the guys who have all that training, that that there's more likely that that guy who's there has that training. I know it's not like uh, MW Tactical. Our friend Mike says he uh, he knows one police department that only gave the officers 50 rounds each for training (laughs) a year. That's not uncommon. It's not. I blow through that in about 15 minutes. When they when they need those those skills, they need those skills. And and, agree, you know definitely need that but in reality what percent of the average law enforcement you know officer's job actually requires those skills so and i'm sure departments and cities and budgets and things are all wrapped around that when it comes to training dollars set aside and things like that unfortunately yeah 
Um, but that's the situation. I think we all need to have like this, this uh, mindset, like we were talking about earlier. You know, if you want peace, you have to be prepared for war, right? Yeah. See this passum parabellum. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time. Lots of people say it. It's really true. It's an old ass thing that goes back to Roman times, obviously. You know, and it, it really, really is true. If you if you want if you want peace in your life, prepare for for the fights that you're going to wind up in. Hopefully you never wind up in any. But if you do, you're prepared. And ultimately, what it's going to come down to is the things that you're just trained to do. You won't even think you're going to react how you're trained or how you're not trained. Muscle to do memory. Something. Yeah. So um, I don't think like to answer your question, you know, Harris, um, I don't think I go enough and do it. It's, it's crazy. You know, when we're doing this kind of thing, you got to create videos, you got to do stuff all the time. <laughs> it's all about social media, but I do try at least once a year yeah. to go out somewhere, get some training, you know, um, hey, that's a hundred times more than what the average person does. Yeah. 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 And of course, when we shoot, we try to put things into practice, you know, and I think that's what people need to do. Like when you shoot, put into practice the stuff that you're doing, like other people have told me, learn how to go prone to the point. If you look at videos, when I first started doing this, this is I'm trying to share my journey. If you go back to the beginning of me doing videos, you'll see my friend Yakias, for example, telling me to go prone. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, to where now if someone tells me go prone, I just go, OK. There you go. <laughs> yeah, just go prone. And you just have to keep doing things like that. And then, you know, just put it into your everyday life and, and it'll save you, you know, it, it really will. So, yeah, um, you know, like Lola says, tra uh, trans uh, transition, you know, don't just stand and shoot, etc. you know? Yeah, yeah. learn, learn your weaknesses. And if somebody hasn't taken a class, like the stuff I've seen Kevin Dixie do where it seems less firearms related and more scenario based. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's probably the best type of training for the average person to get because they're not really going to reach. They're not going to put the time in to really get super proficient with a firearm. Mm -hmm. And then, but if the scenario stuff's more valuable, I've learned more mindset wise in the scenario stuff than I've ever learned in the, you know, learn how to shoot small little holes, small little groups. Yeah. 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 Training. Um, I, I, to me, a lot of it's just training mindset. Yeah. Getting, yeah. getting the mindset of, I don't know where you're not going to, cause you see a lot of people when something happens, they just are, are shocked and dumbfounded and have no idea yeah. what to do. Yeah. So uh, I carry my revolver in single action says you should figure if you're a cop, you should want to practice, practice, practice. Are cops that lazy? Um, there's some uh, other, there's some other stuff in there. I don't, for the most part, I don't, you know, cops are human beings, just like anyone else, like teachers are human beings. You have good teachers, bad teachers. I think that what's going on for the most part is that departments don't require it. Well, okay. I had a good discussion with one of my friends who's a uh, cop and he was saying the firearms training the department does do, it makes you hate, he hates shooting. Really? When he, yes, he, he the guy loves to go out to the range and burn his own ammo all day long. But I'm like, the department's paying for ammo and you hate it. And he goes, yes, the format they put it into is so boring and so monotonous. Yeah. <laughs> and he, so imagine an officer who doesn't like guns, really, not interested in it. They're yeah. having an even harder time than right. somebody who enjoys shooting. BG Motobanks has force on force training. I mean, that's the I kind of stuff. I would love to do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's not fun, but it's it's also not boring. But you know, well, yeah, you there, think about the scenarios and things like that. It's hard to get it's hard to really get your get your adrenaline. Up. Yeah. Like when you're used to just shooting at paper, 
it, nothing's shooting back at you, it's really hard to get your adrenaline to where you would be in a real firefight. So mm-hmm. force on force like that yeah. with um, simunitions and whatnot seems really exciting. Seems like it would hurt like hell, but it's it's really exciting. Yeah, I haven't done it with simunitions. I've done it with paintball. <laughs> Paintball's fun. Yeah, and, and it is fun, and there's things that you realize. Like, I did it, the time when I did it, I did it with this Navy SEAL trainer guy, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to kick, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. He did a scenario where we were, like, in the dark, oh, and God. then he, he was trying to come in so we could ambush him, and he was tagging me up. And when, when, when you go through that, you realize, oh, when someone's a professional, <laughs> that makes you way better. So more people, like, if you're going to do this for a living, you do really need to be more professional and I'm not trying to tell people that you have to go out there. I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but you should think about it. If you're going to do this, train more so that when you wind up in a situation and you just go into reaction mode, you're going to act better. And we should get that from police departments. We should get more of that from school resource officers that are out there guarding schools. We should, we should allow people to voluntarily um, guard schools. You know, we 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 should do something about this stuff, you know, and we were talking babyface way before you came on about all the stuff going on. You know, what happened in Texas? What's going to happen tomorrow or next week or a month from now or a year from now in some other school? And we're just not doing anything about it except for the media. And even like I think the president is trying to think, you know, he thinks he could somehow litigate you know, solutions for these problems when a lot of this is people need to face what could potentially happen to them. That's the whole thing about the force on force training and all that when you face. So, for example, if you have administrators in a school, you should make all their asses have to go to force on force training. Yeah. Even the ones that are like, no, I don't we don't want to carry guns. We don't want guns in the school. You should know what it would feel like to be up against it. Yeah. Put them in a put them in a practice school and make them see what the hell could happen to them and say, okay. When this happens to you, what do you want to do about it? Yeah. How are you going to handle this? I'm going to say this, though. What's the cost of that? And is it really yeah, worth it, it for the it lightning? Really uh, what is the cost of this kid took out 10 people in a school? That's going to be really expensive. Other than the fact that 10 people have lost their lives, uh, 10 families, 10 sets of friends, um, hundreds, if not thousands of kids that were in the school, you know, all of us who are looking at it and we're traumatized by it. What's that cost? I, I, I'm that cost is huge and I'm not going to disagree with that, but I'm going to say when you really start looking at implementing that in every school in the nation, it becomes unrealistic. Even if you look at a statewide level, like if you look at it outside of that school system and a, for a school system that has never had anything like this happen, which is the majority of school systems, very hard to justify that cost. I mean, I hate to say it, but life does have a cost and it's a horrible thing, but it's reality. And well, that's, not, a valid, would, that's a valid point would, that you're making. I think would we not be better putting those resources towards stuff like we were talking to earlier, like trying to figure out how to implement internships into regular high school where you know, alternative forms of learning mm-hmm. instead of yeah. something like that. Something, something proactive. Stuff. What I call that is sinking the money into something proactive rather than reactive. Yeah. You know, the programs you were talking about actually are going to affect the lives of those youth and those children. Yeah. So you're getting something out of it regardless. You're not just throwing money in the chance that something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looks like we're coming 360. And I would say to come back to 360, what we said in the beginning, we need to change the structure of schools altogether. We need to like oh, blow yeah. up the whole thing and re-examine it. Like what what's the effect of unions 
you know, on schools, right? And the, the teachers unions and stuff like that, what are they doing? Um, just like we were saying that, you know, uh, police officers are not like well-paid enough, well-trained enough. Let's figure that out. Do we need to have so many teachers? Do we need to have so many schools? Do we need to put all these human beings in one place, you know, that are incredibly vulnerable? All those things, I think, will start to change something. And then, yeah, we do have to spend the money and prepare. We cannot predict what schools and where this is going to happen, but we better start dealing with it because it's happening. And I agree with you that it's not happening as often as the media wants to make us think it's happening. But there are things that we could do that and even things that wouldn't be as as expensive that people can learn this. You know, uh, simunitions way really expensive, but, you know, paintball, not as expensive to get experts. They're experts, um, people that I know that um, this is not a thing that they want to do to make one hundred million dollars. They want to do something to change the way that we think and that we're dealing with stuff. Right. And I might be the odd man out here, but I'm going to say this. I would rather see just, you know, gun free zones gone. And like I said, allow anyone that's qualified concealed carry permit holder. Or if it's a, uh, you know, what do they call it? Constitutional carry state. Allow anyone who can carry to carry in schools. And then I would rather see the resources put into revamping the education system itself versus things like school security and those reactionary steps. I just don't think, I, I'm a gun guy. I'd love to sell holsters. I'd love a school to come in and say, we're going to arm all our teachers and we're going to buy your holsters. But I don't think that's really going to be the most effective use of those resources. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue that. Clover? No, I mean, I can't either. But I mean, I, I, I can't understand how, how schools can also overlook, like you say, some of the minimal things. There's, there's things like door locks and stuff like that. I know many, many, many schools that you know don't even spend the money on that. They you know, spend it on a new football stadium or, you know, whatever, basketball coliseum or something, right? And they could have spent, took at least a portion of that money and put off the new coliseum or football stadium for a few years and implemented at least some door locks to the classroom or something. You know? Yeah, but th- there's even simpler things. Like, I think that the way that we're doing schools, like, yeah. for, for example, we're making a whole bunch of kids get up really early <laughs> and have to go to a school because the teachers decide that they want to start teaching kids at eight o'clock in the morning and they want to be done by two o'clock in the morning. Why? And Joe Rogan actually had a great thing on his podcast talking about how kids aren't getting enough sleep. Yeah. And it's having a major detrimental. We're we're making everyone crazy. We're making, we're making people crazy and we're creating crazy situations and we could work on minimizing some of those. I I own my own business. I work till one to two o'clock in the morning sometimes and I'll sleep until 10. It's how my natural that's how I function the best. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Every, everybody's different. Some people, you know, go to bed at eight and wake up at three yeah. in the morning. It works but, for them. And that's yeah. the same thing with the teachers. I think we could change things up and do a lot of things like that. And really, I'm telling you, I think that there, we don't have to put kids in the school for everything. You can ha- you can have schools instead. Of, we're building massive schools and putting a lot of crap in there. You can have these schools be for certain certain things. You, okay, you go to the school and you do this. Maybe you do physical activities. You know, maybe you do plays and creative things like that. But other things you don't need to be there. Hank, how much of your kids been around what you and Lola do here with? Um, they've been, you know, I'm not going to say all the time, but they see it because Lola and I work all the time. How much have they learned about social media, about marketing and all those kind of things? From you? Uh, n- well, to be honest with you, 
they don't know as much as Lola and I do, but they get it. They understand what we're doing. They see us doing this stuff. And you know, my kids, my kids, I'm where we're, we bring them into what we do. They, you know, they start to see this stuff. They can't do what we do, but they have an idea of the kinds of things that we're doing. I wish the reason why I'm saying all of this, I wish the schools and all that would give us the opportunity to do those kinds of things to say, yeah, let's have a, if you have, if you run a restaurant, take your kids ass to the restaurant, make them work. Yeah. That's the best. I'd, was lucky to have a lot of friends that their parents own their own business. My parents did as well. And I was around, I worked with my dad every summer, every day. And now I learned more doing that in one summer than I learned in four years of high school. Yeah. But the, the tough part for parents today, including us, is that the schedules and all the craziness that they do does not allow that to happen. So you know, that's the whole thing. Something's cracking up, baby face. I know yeah. we got to wrap up here. Frank Castle's getting on me as always. And I love it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I didn't know you guys. Yeah. Okay. So, you know what? It is Friday. I don't want to keep everyone here. Babyface has got some uh, business, <laughs> business that needs to be handled. <laughs> I'm sure you dudes also have some, you know, yep. Lots of people out there. Let's wrap this up a little bit. Uh, Babyface, what do you have going on, man? What's up with you other than the business? So if you guys didn't see today, I got, uh, I'll just share real quick. Had a special, special thing today. We had uh, Angry American in the office. Oh, yeah, does, this was cool. Yeah, Angry American comes through. He does, um, if you don't know, he, he wrote uh, the Going Home series. Yeah, and he um, does some stuff with Survival Dispatch, which is Survival Dispatch. going on at Big Daddy. So. I I've started reading the Going Home series and I I love it I absolutely love it. for anybody that that's out there that I'm not a reader so don't feel like you know oh I hate reading um, Going Home has gotten me hooked completely hooked uh, it's all especially because it's all based around North Florida so it's all like very reminiscent to everything around here um, but I got to talk to talk to him and I got the whole series signed yeah and um, some of them say Babyface yeah and they say Babyface on it thanks to Hank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all, I got the whole series and they're all going to go in my library. And yes, yeah. was very special and very yeah. awesome. I was really, the first one again. Um, so here, I'm going to lock it on baby face. Just I don't have it. It's the only one I brought up. This is the last oh, one. Oh, that's the last one. Okay. The first so one is called going home by a American. Yeah. And this is like the kind of stuff that we would all like real oh, scenarios, oh. real survival stuff, real gun oh, stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. I encourage you guys to get <laughs> into it. Uh, we have had him on the show and we will have him on the show again. Really so, awesome guy. Really. Cool. Yeah. And thanks. That's to him what for I got. Doing that. I'm going to be reading books. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Cool. Uh, Clover, what's up with you, man? Uh, I've got my fire on Friday. Uh, we'll start here in about an hour. So going to be talking about, uh, ITAR, the possibility of some of those regulations and stuff changing. So. Okay, cool. So how can folks, if people are listening to this and they want to catch you, how can they do that? Um, easiest way probably is uh, jump over to clovertech.com. There's a social uh, media banner at the top. Pick your flavor and, uh, and go. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And uh, Harrison, Harry's Holsters, you know, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is through email on the uh, contact form on my site. That's the quickest way I respond. And then check out my Instagram page and my YouTube channel. Okay. And so which one do you use most? Uh, YouTube, Instagram? Uh, I post on Instagram almost daily. YouTube, I try to do once a week. It ends up being more like once every two weeks. But Okay. And thanks for having me on, Hank. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this. 
Awesome. Thanks for coming on. We'll have you on again. Um, you know, and thanks for supporting, supporting what we do. You've been, you know, you've been coming on here for a long time. I know Babyface has gotten some holsters from you that he's very happy with, you know, um, Yes, there we go. <laughs> Throw up the holsters one more, one more again. Uh, thanks to everyone for coming on. Everyone in the chat, you know, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been. I can't believe like this Friday could not come soon enough. I'll be honest with you guys. It, this feels like you know we're into Saturday or Sunday now, at this point with the amount no. of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it's been one of those. But I'm, I'm thankful for everyone to coming for coming on. You know, it's terrible what's happening in America. Uh, I think that people we need to start doing something. Like the definition of insanity is when you do the same thing over and over again and you don't get any different results and you still keep beating your head against the wall. Let's change what's going on here. Really look at what's happening in America and really do something about it, regardless of where you come down on all this stuff politically. You know. Uh, we, we need to do something. Uh, do you, any of you guys have anything else to add to that? Just Good. start maybe having conversations with your friends and family about the stuff we were talking about in schools and trying to get the school systems restructured. Cause there's a lot more common ground. I think people have than they think they do mm-hmm. with party lines and such. Yeah. Yeah. It all starts. It all starts with the conversations and discussions. And a lot of times they're very, very difficult to have. They're either difficult to ha- get started in the first place or they're difficult to, to but, have, but you know we've got to we've got to do it we've got to overcome that and then talk about the the horrible things sometimes that we just don't want to talk about yeah absolutely so uh with that you know i'll thank everyone i thank everyone that supports me ati outdoors big daddy guns andrew's custom leather of course safety harbor firearms uh you know you guys should go to hankstrange.tv and put your email address in there babyface and i see he's rocking the hat there big daddy unlimited if you buy guns and ammo and all this kind of stuff that we're talking about, but you just want to like spend money, you don't have to, you don't want to save money so you can buy more guns and ammo or whatever else, then don't go to Big Daddy Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go ahead and just waste your money and spend it on something, you know, burn it or whatever. But if you want to do that, go to Big Daddy Unlimited. We'll be back next week to talk about more stuff. Thanks to everyone. We're out of here. Peace out, guys. <laughs> Peace.